is coming down from the gallows and I don't have very Yes, hello and welcome to the UK Steelers podcast, episode 137. Uh, the very observant among you may have noticed it is not your host, Simon Winstanley, because uh, he unfortunately is on his death futon with, with COVID. So it's me, Gavin Marshall, and I'm joined on a somber week, not only for that, but also for the, the obvious news that we've all heard. Um, joined for a somber week by Ketz and Mike. How are you doing, guys? Okay. Yeah, good. How did you uh, how did you find starting that off, Gav? That wasn't too bad. How'd I go? Uh, give me a give me a grade there. Solid A, man. Solid A. Hey, well, oh, thanks, man. Nailed it. Yeah, it was good. Very good. Cheers. Yeah, so um yeah, I was away last week. I was on holiday, having a nice time, listening to the podcast, and then uh then actually the news broke, not via Schefter, let's not talk about him. But uh you broke the news to me actually, Mike. You you texted to the to our group saying the the tragic news about um Dwayne Haskins, which re- really, really affected me, and I'm sure it did every, every, everyone in Steelers Nation. I mean, it's such, such shocking news, and then, and then so sad, and, and all, all the other stuff around it. And um, yeah, I just, re- I really think we should pay tribute. I mean, how? I, I don't know what you really say. I mean, it's just so sad. I, I was so excited to, for him to, to try and beat out Trubisky. I think he was on a good path to do that. In fact, I think that people in the organisation were, you know, were high on him. Seems like a re- you know the, the stories that have come out, how much how much he was loved by by teammates, how what a good person he was to be around, and how fun he was, and how hard he was working, you know, just trying to get to get better every day, and was was down there. You know, he didn't have to go down to Trubisky's camp. You know, he's a competitor. He, you know, he could have he could have taken that as oh, everyone wanted to work out with Mitch, but no, he was down there wanting to get better, making the team better. So just just really sad. I'm really really gutted. You know, I, I genuinely thought, you know, it felt like the Steelers, when they picked him up, felt like they got a free one, you know, because it was so soon after he was drafted. Not like he'd busted out or anything like that. He was, you know, we, we know that we know what happened. But there, there was, I thought we saw in the preseason there was definitely potential there. You know, you saw from Ben's message that he said he wished he could throw it, throw the ball like him. So just just really sad all around. Want to send, you know, peace and peace and love to the Haskins fam, you know, and friends and I think they've got a, a funeral coming up, a commemoration, which they're hopefully the big big showing for. But um, yeah, anything else you guys want to add? No, you made a fair point there, Gav. That when when the signing was made, we did talk about it by saying, Do you know what, this is this has got a little bit of intrigue. Um, you know, taking taking a chance on a guy, and you know, credit to the organisation for doing it, and and credit to him as a, as a young man, because you know a high draft pick didn't work out in his first spot getting a chance with a you know with a solid organization like the Steelers and and welcoming it with open arms and you can see that by the response that a lot of the players made on on their relevant social media accounts you know he clearly was a positive positive influence with them in the locker room and again the great point there about going down to Florida to the camp you know Mitch is a competitor fighting for the fighting for the starting job but that was that, that was irrelevant it was you know to be with the guys trying to improve everyone and and you know fair play because that's a show of the uh, of the real character for a guy's young age and, and and i agree with you Gav. you know fr- a friend of mine told me of it you know moments after the, the news broke and you know the guy the he's a guy in his mid to early 20s 
you know, I, I, I can speak for all of us. I'm going to say, you know, we're, we're a wee bit older than that, um, some more so. But had his whole life, irrespective of whether he did anything on the football field, is irrelevant, really. The man had his whole life ahead of him. And for something like this, it, it you know, we all love this sport and, and many other sports and we follow it accordingly. But it's when something like this happens, it sort of just hits home a little bit more that it, it's, you know, these are these are these are human beings. They're not commodities, you know, as players. They're they're real people. So um, no, absolutely, thoughts going out to everyone involved. It's uh, yeah, it was incredibly sad when the news broke. I can only echo everything you guys have said. I think some of the the sort of obviously there was the negative stuff that was out there, but in terms of the positive stuff, some of the, the sort of messages people said about him. He just seemed like a fantastic human being. Um, you know, some of the quotes, when you think of Dwayne Haskins, think about his smile, think of the positive impact he wanted to have on the people around him. He was always smiling. There was that amazing video that I'd not seen before this week, to be honest, but when he was 11 in the Ohio State locker room and sort of said, this is awesome, I'm going to go to college here. Like, just so heartwarming. And it just goes to show there is, you know, some good stuff in the world. And Obviously, everything he'd done, not only with the team, but with the kind of community outreach events and stuff like that. But as you say, Mike, he was 24 years old. Just, you know, probably a bit philosophical for a UK Steelers podcast, but you're not promised tomorrow. So, you know, just go and enjoy your life. Live, you know, live your best life as much as you can to, you know, to everybody listening. And uh, you're not promised tomorrow. So don't put things off. If you want to do something, go and do it, you know. So I'll be listening to this for the first time, you know, without actually hosting the show. We've got to get him out to Pittsburgh, man. You know what I mean? We, it's just just stupid stuff like that. But actually, it's important because, you know, you, you don't get to take money or anything with you when you die. That's just it. Like, it's such a final kind of, there's a line and everything's one side of it or everything's the other side of it. There's nothing that can kind of transcend that. So just basically just live your best life everybody and uh try and smile every day and and get some joy out of everything yeah well that's well said um yeah you're mentioning ohio state there i mean it's it's not you know you've got to remember what what a hero he was you know from from that young boy in that in that video to to leading them on to you know the, the rose bowl victory and big 10 offensive player of the year and finishing third in the heisman and then you know, getting drafted by what uh, by Washington Commanders, whatever you want to call them. You know, the the news out at the moment that we've seen the Snyder's, you know, or wh- whoever is responsible for their illegal activities of robbing other owners. I mean, that is not a great landing spot for a young QB, right? It's a dysfunctional organisation. So, yes. you know, I I I think a lot of the blame of what happened could be put squarely on on the Washington side rather than. Let's you know pile on to Haskins or whatever you know. That's and that's why I think it was, you know, it was it was exciting. It was, it was going to be an exciting competition between him, Mason, and the draft pick and Mitch Trubisky. And it, we, we, you know, I mean, it seems silly when someone's lost their life to say we we, we lost something. But I think we've been robbed of that of that great competition that we had coming up. I mean, I was really looking forward to. It. I've been I've been rooting for Haskins. You know, all last season I was hoping that he would get a chance, opportunity to to come in maybe in garbage time or. You know, if the season went worse than it did, and they'd kind of, you know, I, I was, I was really hoping to get to see him because I thought he was such a great throw, the ball, electric kind of playmaker as well. So yeah, really sad for, for everyone really that we've we've lost him. So yeah, shout out and respect to to Dwayne for everything you achieved, and you know, we miss you, man. 
fair play. Yeah. Okay. So. And um, and also we should say, uh, hope you yeah, peace and love to to Cy. I mean, I hope you're feeling better. Struggling with COVID, that, that most people would sort of bounce back. So hopefully you'll get over that soon, man. If you're listening. Uh, right. Okay. Should we move on? I mean, today so today's going to be the cornerback group. Uh, we want to talk about the draft class, but uh, should we talk about some other things? You got any other items you want to hit first before we get into the the deep and dry stuff of the analysis? Usually, Cy's got some uh, some little bits and pieces, social media stuff. But uh, it's a bit bit quiet the news, um, other than that Washington story I mentioned. I don't know. I did tweet out my uh, my uh, my tweet that's getting me some heat mm. about my uh, non consensus. I'm now getting tweeted uh, gifts of good plays by the players that I left off of my uh, consensus non consensus wide receiver rankings. Um, so I this is what happens when you tweet out a list, right? Is this is this why you don't do rankings, Mike? Because you just get flack. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think I've had a bit of grief before, um, mm. so I, I, although I'm more than happy to, to uh, no, no doubt it'll get pulled in about three years' time as a, as a absolutely awful, awful opinion. But I, I've, I've got to agree, Drake London's my number one wide receiver as well. I've not, I've not done my full rankings yet. I'll do that the week of the draft, but he's, he's number one in my book too. I'll just read out my, this is my non-consensus wide receiver rankings. It seems to be getting some heat. So I put Drake London, USC 1, Christian Watson, uh, North Dakota State 2, Chris Alava, Ohio State 3, Alec Pierce, Cincinnati 4, and Jahan Dotson of Penn State 5. Now, I'm getting a hell of a load of, fl- of flack of people saying, why why the disrespect to Garrett Wilson? Why the disrespect to Jamison Williams? Eh, I don't know. They, they're like five and, they're, they're like six and seven for me. Like, they're, they're there, but I just think they're getting... I don't know. I think consensus on wide receivers is. I think last year, yes, I, we all had um, Jamar Chase as number one. That was clear cut. I don't think this is clear cut this year. So, I don't know. Come at me with you. What, what do you think, Ket? Someone mad here with that? With those those takes? I don't think so. I was just trying to find my uh, my notes on the receivers. I'm not got it to hand for some reason. Some uh, it's not on my uh, iPad. Well, I thought it was. But um, no, it's a very mixed receiver class. There's lots of different kind of skill sets. Different sort of almost positions within the wide receiver kind of class. Um, there's some speed guys, there's some more physical sort of bigger body guys. Um, there's some guys that you look at the size of them and you think, you know, should you be a tight end or, or similar with the tight end class? Should you be a receiver? Um, it's a mixed bag, isn't it? So uh, I need to do a lot more ranking in terms of some of these position groups, but uh, yeah, we should say the, that's the thing with the internet. It's always got an opinion, good, bad, ugly, indifferent, you know, there's yeah. always someone that will... I mean, even something random this week, right? So I'm going to watch Manchester Titans American football team at the weekend just because it's like it's some football that's going on in Manchester. Brilliant. I'm going to go watch that. So I tweeted out to say, can you tell I'm missing NFL or football despite watching nine position groups this week kind of thing or, or this thing? And then another team, Manchester Crows, like re- replied to me saying dislike. So <laughs> I've now got two different sort of Manchester-based American football teams arguing on my sort of Twitter post. So it just shows you, like, there's always someone that's going to disagree for the sake of it on Twitter. Sure. It's, a, yeah. it's a wonderful place. It is. Um, just before we move on from the wide receivers, what, what, I, what I think has possibly happened here is because a lot of the, I think, these upsidey wide receivers this year, are the, the ones that I like anyway, are the, the kind of bigger-bodied, contested catch mm. guys. And... I think there's been a track record recently of a few of those guys busting. I mean, last year there wasn't really actually that many of them taken high. There was Nico Collins was 
was the main one. But you look back to like um, Hakeem Butler and uh, JJ Sega Whiteside, who it was another guy. Sai will like tell you he's often ragging on me. I was high on him coming out of the draft, <laughs> and he busted. So I think it might be a case of a lot of draft people feeling they've been burned by these these kind of characters and staying away and staying. And there's been a kind of a shift towards the kind of yak, fast, you know, yeah. shifty dudes, which you can see with, you know, the the kind of success that Debo and stuff has had. But I just think, you know, sleep on these contested catch guys, you know, with, that can run a deep, a deep route and, you know, give you, give you a high point, massive catch radius. These guys are freaky athletes as well. You know, Drake London and, and Pierce and, and Watson, they're, they're crazy athletes. So, you know, I, I wouldn't be surprised if my takes more right than than people are giving me credit for. But anyway, let's move on from my takes to um, another take that was on uh, Steelers Depot, which they've they've kind of uh, finalised or near finalised their shortlist of of picks at twenty. Have you seen this? They kind of do their via yeah. the their uh, the visits and you know all the kind of metrics they put together. Mm. Um, so have you you seen the list? So they've got uh, in terms of wide receivers, they've only got uh, George Pickens there. They've got and linebackers, Nakobe Dean out of Georgia and Christian Harris out of Alabama. And then uh, they've got D-line, Devontae Wyatt, safety, Lewis Seen out of Georgia, uh, Daxton Hill, Michigan. And then out of the group we're talking about today, they've got Andrew Booth from Clemson. And then they've got the, the quarterbacks, uh, all, all six of them, right? Uh, five of them, sorry. All five. Bailey Zach mm-hmm. and, and uh, Brock Purdy are not on the list, unfortunately. Uh, <laughs> so what do we think? Do we think, do we think that... Do we think there's anyone they've missed, or do you think that, that, that there's a chance? I mean, no one had. I'm, I'm guaranteeing you, Artie Burns wasn't on this list when they produced it, and neither was Terrell Evans. And I don't think um, Ziggy Hood fit their criteria. And I'm not sure that did Jarvis Jones. I can't remember. So I'm not sure that this list is as ironclad as people think when people can fall. And this this is a weird draft class, right? This isn't this isn't you know the where there's like so many blue chip I mean there's hardly any offensive players that are going to get taken that early I don't think so I don't know what do you guys think uh, yeah it's I get it's Kazara it, it, didn't didn't he he, he put yeah. this yeah Alex Kazara mm-hmm. did put this list together um, the thing is you know you're looking at what three lads from Georgia so we're employing that all the all, all the sorry four from Georgia so we're employing the right people were there yet no mention of you know there's a couple of other georgia players maybe there's this it just seems like it's being targeted specifically i mean the, the comment i'm seeing here is who would realistically be available at 20. i mean there's people talking about malik willis going top 10 top five even you know there's there's is he realistically going to be there questionable but you know jordan davis again he's not on this list is he would he be there at 20. i don't know Look, it's one of those. It's 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 a nice bit of a read, putting try and put a few things together. It's probably fair to say that a pick that we make will be from the eight or nine colleges that Tomlin and Colbert went to. Um, but it's still totally up in the air. Yeah, I mean the draft can go away from them, right? I mean anything can happen. Players can fall. I mean I, I had another Twitter dispute. You know I've got to stop. I've got to get off Twitter and start living in the real life. But I had another Twitter dispute. I was saying, what about, you know, do you remember when Tyler Linderbaum was like, people were saying he wouldn't reach the Steelers in the first round. So stop mocking him mm. to the Steelers. But now it's like he's going to fall out of the first round. I mean, all right. So they didn't visit him, but they met him at the, at the combine. All right. So he's a bit undersized. And you could say he's more suited to a sort of zone blocking scheme. I don't care about that. Like Matt Pouncey was a great mover. 
wasn't wasn't a kind of Creed Humphrey type. He was more on the sort of Tyler Linderbaum kind of mm. end of things. I mean, if he, you know, I don't know how many mock drafts you've done, but the, the, sometimes you you do these mock drafts and there's just no players there that you kind of think, oh, that's that's the guy I'm taking. It's it's kind of like, well, I could take ten different players, and it, it, if Tyler's there, and some of the other guys they like are gone, I, I could see him going with that. I I mean, I'm going to end up putting Ty, genuinely. I'm going to put Tyler Linderbaum as a top five player position because I, I rank them irrespective of positional value. Just just who do I think are the best players ranked one to however many I finish up at the end of the at the end of the draft process and he, he'll be up there but yeah. I, I find it mad to think that he yeah I've, I've heard this report before that people are contemplating him falling out with the out with the first round entirely that's that seems madness yeah I, I mean I mean pick 20 is about where you want to think okay I can start taking like interior offensive line around yeah. there right and, and, and we know the Steelers like to build from within their line so you know, I think we we were chatting the other day. Do you really want, you know, you're you're one snap away from putting back in Kendrick Green or J.C. Hassenauer back into centre? I mean, let's let's not have that as our backup. Let's have something slightly better, more upside. And I think you know, there's, he could be the best option there. What do you think about all this, Kets? Sorry, Mike. Uh, I was just say, just after the the free agency that we've had, I, in a way, interior offensive line is almost the position that I wouldn't particularly be looking at because I feel like it's the one position we've actually kind of comfortably fixed. And I think before we go on trying to overly fix it, we kind of need to see what happens with the guys that we've picked so far and how they sort of go through training camp, how they sort of gel together. Um, I, I kind of think it's too early. You know, maybe if it doesn't work this year, then, you know, interior is something we look at next year. Um, I just agree with what Sai said um, was it last week or the week before I'm just kind of wondering whether they can see the wood for the trees in terms of just picking a quarterback at the minute are they just like we're going to take whichever kind of quarterback is available or you know god forbid potentially trade up for you know Malik Willis or or someone like that because they're they're all very raw Um, you know we've obviously discussed the quarterback class and it's it's not the strongest I think it's it's well kind of known within within media circles and, and NFL and football circles generally. Um, and you look at some of the other names on this list and I just feel like something's going to happen on draft night that we're not going to expect. I think there's, because of the lack of kind of quality in the QB class, it just kind of means everything is wide open. I mean, there's, there's, there's expectations that some of the tackles are going to go early on. Some of the edge rushes are going to go early on. Um but there's still going to be some safeties, some corners, some quarterbacks still there. Um, you know, obviously receivers kind of a, a key position for us, but I can't see us taking one at 20. Um, so you think that'd be sort of a, a second, third round pick. Um, but it's just so wide open and, and anything can happen on draft night. And this year, perhaps more than any others, I feel like something crazy is going to happen just because of the way the, the class is kind of, it's a bit wide open for everybody. Hmm. I mean, out of you're talking about need, they're not needing uh, a centre or interior O line. I mean, I guess the biggest need out of at the moment is that strong safety position. So the two players there would be Lewis Seen and Daxton Hill. But I mean, I, 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 do you think they're not going to tie up a safety and cover that need before the draft? I, do you know? No, I, I could see them taking a safety. I don't, I don't know why I have that vibe of them going after a safety, but. Getting one safety in on a cheap rookie deal and re-signing Minka. I, I I don't know why I have that vibe that that's what they're going to do, but it, it feels like 
something the Steelers could end up doing. I, I, who exactly, I'm not sure, but I, I, I'm not, again, I don't know why I've got this gut feeling, but I, something just tells me like they'd be contemplating the safety pretty high. I mean, if it was me, I'd, I'd get an old a veteran in, not Honey Badger, much discussed. I wouldn't get him. I'd get I'd get a cheaper veteran that I could trust, and mm. then I'd I'd go, I'd go after like Nick Cross or something in the second round, try and get a guy like that. Not not spend a high draft pick, because uh, I don't I don't know about you know the, the the positional value for a safety there. I'm not sure about basically is what I'm saying. When when there's going to be good corners, there's going to be you know potentially a QB. Even a linebacker there, or or, or like or, or a lineman, like I'm saying, D line or O line there. I'd, I'd rather go that way than than a safety, because safety you can you can always get a guy in free agency. It seems strong safety. Yeah, I'm just having a look to see who is roughly available. I mean, besides Edmonds, obviously still out there. Pony Badger, you've already mentioned. Landon Collins. Love that guy. I'd be uh, over the moon if I'd, I'd prefer him yeah. to Honey Badger. To be honest, that, but that's me. I mean. He's, he's more of an enforcer type. Very much so, yeah, very much so. Demonte Kazee, uh, we're we're going, you know, we're going into the Henry Black Blacks of the world. You know, we hardly knew you. Um, <laughs> we're Jeff Heat. Yikes, you know, we're 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 getting deep down. I don't think there's many more. If we need to make a decision very quickly, let's not forget Marcus quickly. Allen on the roster, you know, as well. He's yeah, not bad, isn't that? Still an area. Him, him and a rookie. It is a need. It's not, they haven't got a clear-cut starter at the moment. I'll give you that. So they could go that way. But I just don't think when the Steelers draft a need, they, they draft badly, like Artie Burns, <laughs> Jarvis Jones. Right? They get it wrong. So let's just hope that that's not the case. Right. Should we get into the corners? You guys ready for some corner chat? Definitely. Yeah, just, just, just before we start on the upcoming corners, I've decided just to open a quick look to see are we all in agreement that corners a need? And yes, if we had the ability yeah. to draft good corners, we would be content with drafting a corner in the first round. Right. If depending, yeah. irrespective of who the player is exactly, that may or may not be your your top rank, for example. But going past the last few cornerbacks that we've drafted, okay, brace yourselves, lads and listeners. Trey Norwood. Fine, rookie, rookie. Let's not worry about that. Justin Lane. Hmm. Hmm. Cancelled. Well, I think the jury. Yeah. All right. It's kind of. It's kind of nearly the verdict's nearly in on him. But I'm still giving him another chance because he has got those athletic traits. But yeah. Okay. Yeah. Carry just on. yet to see it. Yeah. And the issue. Yeah. Julian Love is on the board. They should take him. Anyway, carry on. <laughs> Yeah, I like him too. Uh, Cam Sutton, Brian Allen, Artie Burns, Sean Davis, Senquez Goldston, Duran Grant. That was a they double drip dip that year and double yeah. dripped is right. They drafted an injured dude and a guy that didn't even make the the, the didn't even make the practice squad. Did he? No, he was just jettisoned. Not only that, we I've mentioned it before in the pod. Seventh round, Gerard Holloman, tackle box out of Louisville, missed their uh, 14 interceptions in his last year or something stupid, but couldn't tackle his way out of a paper bag. That was not a great draft for DBs from us. But the point is, we struggle. For whatever reason, we appear to struggle drafting solid cornerbacks. And every time we talk about the best two cornerbacks, arguably, we've had in the last few years, 
um, Hayden and Stephen Nelson, free agency pickups. Yeah, you know, yeah. Witherspoon trade. You know, they, mm-hmm. I, whatever, for whatever reason, we seem to struggle. I I'd be very content with us taking a corner back in the first round. Even going back further than that, sorry to interrupt. Even going back further than that, yeah, go for like Bryce McCain, all all this kind of. I mean, Ike Ike was probably the last good corner they drafted, was it? I mean, mean, even like Ross Cockrell, you know, people that were starting. I mean, they've barely drafted starting corners. I mean, Jimmy Keenan Lewis. Yeah, Keenan Lewis. Big, tall, lanky. uh, Went to the Saints. Saints, yeah, they got him from the Saints, yeah. Yeah. Um, Ryan Mundy was a bit more safety. Yeah, you, there isn't a solid Brian McFadden, two thousand and five. Yeah, that might be. I mean, that's horrific to say, um, but that could be it. I, it. That's my only fear is our inability to. I'm, I'm sure other um, fans of other teams could easily say, "Well, we've got a bad track record of drafting position X." You know, I'm sure a lot will say quarterback, but that's a, a, it's a little bit of a different measure and a metric. It does worry me a little bit that our, our inability to draft solid cornerbacks. As I say, I'd be very content in picking one in the first round. But And, and there are players there who, who, according to Mox and all the rest of it, would fall to 20. But I, I'd be worried if we pick one in the first round, I'd all, I'll always say, oh, maybe I'll miss something. Because if I think yeah. if he's a good player... And we've drafted him. He's clearly a terrible player. <laughs> and, you know, I'm gonna have to go through all tape. <laughs> it, 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 yeah. It's gonna, it's gonna frustrate me. Well, it's not. I don't think it is just the Steelers. I think, I think all teams find it hard to draft corners. To be honest, I mean, it's a bit of a, a crapshoot to, to be a cliche. I mean, and you know, it's, it, it is a cliche. You know, it, it, it's common knowledge that the further away from the ball you get when you're scouting a player, it's harder to project their success, right? You know, a D lineman or an O lineman, you can kind of see. You know, they're doing the same, but we had so much space that the skills are so kind of uh, ephemeral or something. It's so reactive. You can't just put it down to explosion or strength. It's, it's so much more going on. So hard to project. I mean, last year was pretty good for corners, you know, Satane particularly, what a great pit. Mm. But the, the, fir- the history of first round corners is littered with busts. I mean, you only have to go back to 2020. Number three, Jeff Okuda. That hasn't worked out yet. Number you know, Pick nine, CJ Henderson. Hasn't worked out. Pick 16. AJ Terrell, Atlanta. Hasn't worked out. Pick 19. Oh, he had a... F- I, I, I'd go back You'd on Terrell. Last year, he was incredible. Okay, so you, you think but, he's panning out. All right. Yeah, but but keep keep going. Noah Igbenogany, Jeff Gladney. Yeah, Damon Arnett, 19. Oh. And then, and then it, but in the second in the second round, you had Johnson, Diggs, and Fulton. So would you put... You could put any of those at least equal to those guys in the first round. 2019, DeAndre Baker, first round. 2018 was a bit was a bit better. You had Denzel Ward and, and Jair Alexander, but then you had Mike Hughes down at 30. Now, 2017, great year for cornerbacks. If you had drafted in that year, I mean, you had Lattimore, Humphrey, Adoree Jackson, Gary and Conley, all right, and then Tredavious White. And then 2016, you had Ramsey, Eli Apple, Vernon Hargreaves, Will Jackson, and then Artie Burns. But, um, you know, you only got to look back to 2015, number 11, Trey Waynes, 2014, our very own Justin Gilbert pick, uh, picked eighth, Cleveland, and then and then you're getting into 2013, D, D Milner at nine and DJ Hayden at 12, 2012 Morris Claiborne, you know, and then you had 
Gilmore at 10, Drake Kirkpatrick. So Casey Hayward, end of round two that year. I mean, it's just, it's so hard to predict what you're getting with these guys. I mean, what do we think about Jeff Okuda? I mean, the, the, the reports were, you know, pre-draft that year, Jeff Okuda was like seen as the the next Darrell Revis, right? And, you yeah. know, he was going to be the absolute lockdown corner. I mean, what's happened there? Is it just, it just he just has struggled, doesn't he? I mean, unless you're going to tell me he had an AJ Terrell season last year that I didn't notice. <laughs> no, no, no. His his issue was injury. He he got, I think his first season, the first few games, he got burned. And I think that sort of stuck with him a little bit. And I think it was the typical, he's getting a little bit better, but got injured. So I, I, I think sort of court's still out on, on Jeff Akuda. I, lo- I loved him coming out of uh, the Ohio State. Um, He would have been, yeah, right up there, probably top, five pick for me in terms of ranking. Um, but you're right, the, the, the gulf in quality being picked in the top 40 picks is incredible. There's so much pressure on these guys. It's especially when you've got people like a Patrick Sertan, uh, a Ramsey, who are picked very, very high, playing lights out. You've got to go, okay, well, there we go, top 10, we'll pick a cornerback because it's going to work. I, it just doesn't work like that. Yeah, it's tough, tough projection. So, um, should we get into it, or, or should we just uh, what I'm what I'm sensing here? I'm noticing that what what Simon brings to the show is a some kind of coherent thread, which I don't have. So we're just kind of careening around based on my random thoughts. I think I think Simon does a much better job of like planning what we're going to talk about than I've done here. But also he brings like a kind of jovial kind of sense of fun. So Kets, tell a joke. Um, well, just something about the addition to the class background section. Um, a couple of names that could be straight out of a Scottish soap opera, which we'll come on to discuss. Trent McDuffie and Roger McCreary. <laughs> Tumbleweed, never mind. It does, it, does t- it does sound like something out of, um, yeah, I'll take the whole lo- high road and you take the low road. Something like that. If older viewers may remember that. Uh, um, as long as at least one person laughed at that joke somewhere in the country I'm happy I'll take that uh, okay um, not bad good effort off the, off the yes, when you were put on the spot did well um, okay let's start corners 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 um, I'll go first and I'm going to is this I don't know if this is uh, slightly non-consensus or, or not but um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bring up uh, Mr. Derek Stingley out of LSU He's uh, six foot, one nine zero uh, pounds, and ran a four point three seven forty at his pro day. Uh, now this guy's this guy's stock has taken a bit of a tumble, right? And because of you know, if he was, I think he was probably one of the few people in this class that everyone had heard his name like two years ago, whatever, because he had possibly the best like freshman defensive back season ever in the history of the world in twenty nineteen. Because he, he in, in the SEC in his you know his, his essentially rookie season in college had six picks, 21 passes defended. Not going to say defensed, hate that. Um, 38 tackles for loss and was just an absolute gangster out there. And then and and it was first team All American that year and 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 the following year. But then had kind of he had kind of a, I think he had a leg injury in 2020 that kind of held him back. And then he he started off in 2021. Played three games, but he was carrying uh, uh, the dreaded Liz Frank injury and was shut down after three ga- uh, three games, and and it kind of showed. It sort of he wasn't didn't look like himself, um, but he, he says he's been medic- medically cleared now. So hopefully, if that's true, you know the, the 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 medical red flags aren't there. So let's just talk about the player. I mean, 
he is one hell of a rangy athletic cover corner with with ball skills. I mean, he is he is quality, um, and and his his interceptions are proper. This wasn't a Gerard Holliman season, right? This was <laughs> he makes proper coverage interceptions. They're not lucky ones, you know. He's 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 breaking on routes. He's in the right place. He's he's beating receivers at their own games. Got you know absolute elite ball skills, great hands. Um, just just but. Well, the thing I like about him is his patience. Like he's just your prototypical press corner, right? He mm. can do everything what you want. Um, just a, a complete like he can play press, he can play off, can play zone to a high level. And the thing about him that's that's rare for a corner to that's got those skills. He's also great in run defense, re- really aggressive, got great speed, great acceleration, jams really well. Got great change of direction through his route. Really nice fluid hips, baseball turns, got great hand usage, you know, when he's jamming at the line, dominates the catch point, gets his head round early. I mean, this this is like a checklist of what you want from your corner. And, and he t- he turns the wide receiver into the corner and he becomes the wide receiver on routes. And then in the run game, can shoot downhill, great tackler, really patient. Again, keeps eyes in the backfield when protecting the edge. It's not like drawn in. Play, plays with a high motor most of the time. Some, I mean, you can take a play off here and there. But, I mean, there's tape of him tracking across the field from the other side to try and catch ball carries, you know, which he doesn't have to do. He's not a safety, but he does do that. Um, so it's just the, the why he's fallen is just the injuries and, and the play at the beginning of this year. I mean, I, I'm, did you see the, the touchdown he gave up at the end of the UCLA game, which was the opener 2021? Uh, he was playing like a soft zone. I think he got caught. He got caught mm. for a split second watching the underneath crosser, which... Just gave his guy just a, just enough of a chance to separate. Um, you can you can see it, he, he his eyes followed the wrong guy just for a second. He thought he thought he knew where it was going, but then it turns out it was going his way. Um, I mean that happens, but then what the worry was that he <clears throat> he got back in front and then whiffed the tackle, and the guy went went deep for a touchdown and just didn't wrap up as well as which which was which was uncharacteristic. But I mean that that that's past possibly. Uh, points to another negative, which is you'd like to see him get tougher in the face of adver- adversity. You know, when he's really getting tested, can he can he can he fight back? But you know, who knows? He was he was playing carrying your injury. You know, maybe maybe that's a factor. He didn't want it. He wasn't sure if he should be out there, so didn't want to damage his draft stock. But I mean, ends up the play ended up damaging his draft stock. But what do you guys think? Do you think he's number one, or have you got someone else out there as number one? It's I I think it's very much a a, fl- a flavor pick in terms of being number one or number two. Um, and I don't think you'd begrudge anyone for sort of picking one way or the other. Um, the, the 2019 tape was just incredible. It really, really was. You know, we were, just, we were just talking about Akuda there and how good he was in his final year of Ohio State. Similar, I was thinking, in 2019. It, and, and you're looking, it's such a shame because you're looking at it and thinking, God, this, it, how better can how much better can he develop and and you mentioned the injuries being his being his big issue he's if he can get that right now he had his pro day and from every from everything i saw and read he very relaxed had a phenomenal pro day um a four 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 he yeah you'll take that all day came in at one eighty eight perfect way for the cornerback if anything he could maybe even add a few pounds onto that that's not gonna but that's totally fine uh vertical jump 38 and a half like he 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 almost didn't look he looked disinterested 
and still came in with phenomenal numbers. The, as you said, the only thing I can really sort of overly criticize him on is, is the injuries. Um, you know, he's, he's even done, uh, worked on special teams. Now, do you want a guy who's potentially going to be your CB1 with a, a, an injury history to be doing return game? No. And Liz Frank is one that sticks with, has the potential to stick with people. I mean, isn't that the injury that essentially caused Antonio Holmes to retire mm. uh, early because he just couldn't get over it? He's, yeah, everything you, everything you see and everything you've read about that 2019 tape deserves the, 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 the praise you just pray that he can get back to that level again. And and you sort of look at plays in 2020 and 2021 and go, do you know what? He was carrying injuries. Understandable. You know, he's the he's the mirror version of, of, of Kenny Pickett. You know, we can look at Kenny Pickett's last year as the best year he's had and, and Stingley is just the other way around. They'd be in 2019. But you, in a way, you could almost commend it more because it was his first year as a starter and he came out and did that. Yeah, I mean, you, Wait. The, sorry, the, the the PFF, just while you're on that, PFF grade for that season, the coverage grade, not the overall grade, but the coverage grade was 91.7. I mean, that's the highest coverage grade they've ever given anyone. And mm. it was from, from, from a freshman season. Uh, just was, how old was he? Well, good question. What was he? 19? 19? 20? 20? 20? 20? I mean, that's, that's out of this world. And it's funny... You're right. It's a name that we've all heard about for years now. We've we've been waiting for Derek Stingley to come and, and be draft eligible and go. It's just a shame that he's had a, a a tough run of it when it comes to injuries. But I still think he warrants all the the positivity that's coming his way and warrants him being picked very mm-hmm. high. Interesting point. Before we go to let Kets talk, interesting thing you said there about the sort of anti-matter uh, Pickett. I feel more confident about Stingley than I do about Pickett because Pickett, I don't understand Pickett's sudden emergence. I mean, mm. the logical thing to think is, oh, he's put it all together. But, I mean, has he? Whereas, you know, Stingley came out on fire and then th- you can you can explain it. Now, you need to make an assessment of whether those, those medicals are still serious or not, but you can explain yeah. the drop-off. Whereas I can't explain Pickett's sudden rise. Can you? I mean, what do you, I mean, without saying no, the QB thing, I mean. And, and, but that's my point that, that you know, he, he walks in the door in his first season, he's playing at this level. You go, wow, that, you know, there wasn't like a, a gradual build up to it or anything along those lines. So the only other comment I would sort of negatively knock Stingley on is, is probably could do a little bit of better in tackling, but I'm, I'm, I am being picky here. Um, yeah, I, I still think he's he's a phenomenal, phenomenal talent. Um, Kets, we'll start rabbiting on, and you tell me about his great grandfather's yeah. uh, oatmeal business. And his grandfather was a receiver for the Patriots. Oh, so there yes. are some bloodlines there. <laughs> Give me one of those, Kets. Actually, bringing grandfather heat. Well done. <laughs> You know, it's like you've got a mirror, as you said the other week. But um, it's that old adage, isn't it? The best ability is availability. Stingley is a fantastic player on tape. But you look at how old that tape is. Is he going to produce that in 22, 23, 24? 
And to the answer to that question is probably like you said earlier, if the Steelers draft him, it'll be a bust. He'll have probably a broken <laughs> leg or something week one, never play again in his life. If he goes to play for someone else, then, you know, reserve his spot in Canton for him. It's, it's one of those kind of things. He has the potential to be, and if it weren't for the injury, I, I think he'd be potential for a number one overall pick. He'd be going to the Jaguars. It's as simple as that. If he'd have repeated that production that he had in 2019, in 20 and in 21, just absolutely phenomenal. There was some LSU practice tape of Stingley versus Jamar Chase, and it's just brilliant to watch. It's really competitive. And Stingley was more than a match for Chase, who's obviously now one of the better wide receivers in the NFL, all told, to be honest. A massively disruptive DB. Um, He's got the kind of receiver cricket hands in terms of some of his takes. And I think you summed it up perfectly, Gav, when you said he turns the receiver into a corner and he becomes the receiver himself. He's got that level of ability. But can he put that on the field? Well, he's got to get on the field in the first instance. And, and I think you've got to be in on this guy because he's got so much potential, but it's probably the biggest gamble in the first round of the draft this year. In my this, this isn't this isn't the guy like Caleb Farley last year that had you know season-ending back back surgery, definitely out for the first season. He says he's been medically cleared. He did he did all the testing at the pro day, well, and he'd only been cleared for three weeks. So maybe you know he could have got those numbers even better. Um, you know you got to you got to you got to hope that that's all accurate and that the teams you know they check him out. The team that takes him is confident it's not going to be a problem. Yeah, that's the thing. If you bring him in for a visit, you spend all of that visit x-raying him, MRIing him, you know, any kind of medical machine that you can get anywhere near him, you know, and, and take a view as to whether he has the potential to do that or not. And, you know, you've got to feel sorry for some of these players that, that are in this kind of situation that Stingley's in and, and Ajabo's in the same situation as well, where he's going to be, you know, potentially sliding down the draft board through no fault of his own. Um yeah, Stingley is going to be one of these players. He's either going to be amazing or he's going to be an injury bust. It it, it literally is as simple as that. I, I mean, don't think I don't think he'd ever just be an average player. He's always going to be either spectacular or he's not going to be on the field. I mean, he's one of those guys. If he fell to the Steelers, I mean, he's not on he's not on the Kazura list, but surely they, if he if he made it to twenty, I doubt he's going to. But surely they he would suddenly become. In the conversation for the oh, pick, wouldn't he? Hand the card in. I'd be, yeah. I'd be screaming at the television if he. Again, it's unlikely. Uh, I must look to see what his over under is in the, on the on the betting side of things. But oh, if he if he was anywhere near twenty, I mean, if he was near it, I'd be contemplating, you know, trading up. He's he has got the potential to right half the field off. And yeah. in a in a, in a division where, as you say, Ket, we've got to go against Jamar Chase twice a year, and in a conference where we've got. You know, guys like Diggs, Tariq Hill. We ha- we need corners desperately, and I, you know, I would even mention the quarterbacks that we've got to be dealing with. We need solid cornerbacks. If he got anywhere near the Steelers, I would be screaming at the television to hand that card in. I mean, I'm seeing getting mocked down to like 15, 16. That's within range of a trade up. Would you trade up? Yeah, you know, definitely. I reckon he might go to one of these teams that's got two picks because they can have the first pick of, you know, someone that's relatively safe. And then with the second pick, they can gamble a little bit and go, do you know what? We'll take a punt on Stingley. Mm. If it even is a punt, I don't know if you can describe it as that. But uh, yeah, he's, he's, 
he's either going to be amazing or a bust. It's, it literally is as cut and dry as that for me. But and and, and but when you say bust, you just mean because of the injury. You don't mean any anything in a performance perspective. Oh no, I, I think he's got. Yeah. You know, he's an excellent athlete. He's great man coverage abilities, and those ball skills are amazing. But that's no good if you're on the bench. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, that's the only concern I've got. If you're not dressed, then you can't intercept a pass. You can't tackle somebody. You know, you've got to be able to do all of that. Or, or if the you know the the, the long lasting effect is uh, it does hamper his change of direction or his explosiveness or something. Yeah, but, mm. yeah. Hard to, so hard to hard to know without being doctors, which none of us are. But I, I'm in. Uh, you guys all in, or are you going to go on on Kets Island, or what are you saying? I'm in. Oh, definitely in. Definitely in. Okay. Cool. Uh, who wants to go next? Nobody. Go well, on, Mike. You I, take it. No problem. Shall I go with the other sort of consensus top cornerback? Ahmad Sauce Gardner. Now. First of all, Red Star, that nickname. Um, Sauce Gardner, phenomenal nickname. Um, I've got no background on him, unfortunately. Uh, he's, I joke about the stat with Sauce Gardner in that he's never conceded a touchdown in college, which is on par now with Tremaine Edmonds getting drafted when he was 19 years old and Ryan Fitzpatrick went to Harvard. They're, they're, you know, or Tom Brady was 199. I think they're, it's going to be this sort of, I whoever team drafts him, we're going to hear it every single time from Romo, Nance, whoever. Antonio uh, Gates played base, uh, basketball. Oh, great shout. Yeah, absolutely, 1,000%. Um, now, Cincinnati was delighted when they got to the, you know, to the big time, as it were, because I really wanted to see guys like this play against you know, teams like Bama, and I think Cincinnati held their own. They, you could tell there was a gulf in, in quality, but Gardner was phenomenal in that game. Um, just a little bit I mentioned about was tackling, very willing to help out um, in, in, in the tackling. The frame, uh, what is he, 6'2", 190, perfect for the position. Absolutely perfect position. 33 and three-quarter inch arms, uh, wingspan at wingspan at 80. This guy's built to play corner. Fluid hips, exceptional change of direction. Not afraid to get physical in at the line in terms of any sort of press coverage. Love to see that. Was asked to mix it up quite a bit. A lot of man, a lot of zone. And I felt he was phenomenal in both. I didn't, I did, you'd be very, very comfortable with him either sort of side of things. Can get a little. I mentioned a bit the physicality of the line can get a little bit handsy too. Just something to keep an eye on. But toughness is there. Love his willingness to shed blocks. I think. I think having a cornerback that gives that little extra is personally something I massively value. So for you know, I could go on and on and on and on and on. Yeah, this this guy warrants the praise that he should be getting as as a top ten pick. Physically, I think he's got it. Traits, I think he's got it. And the pedigree in terms of the production he's had in the last couple of years, three picks a season, balls batted twenty seven over three years. Yeah, sign me up. Go on, give me the red star drop on Sauce Gardner. Red star. Thank you very much. 
Nice. Yeah, I like, I like everything you say. I think he is just an incredible jammer, right? He, like his his press man tape is impressive. He, he is a, a, a wide receiver release terminator. You know, like if you're lining up against this guy, forget it. You might as well just put like your fourth wide receiver out there because you, your number one guy is not getting open. I mean, it's like that plus the ball skills, which are aided by the length, cause, which is insane. So long, 6'3 with massive long arms. I mean, I've, I've seen him comp to Antonio Cromartie. Now that is a great. I mean, if that if if his mm. career that that is a good comp, I think because Crow was just incredible man, like, like just this freak man dude. Could tie your uh, shoelaces to stand it, up. Yeah, like just bonkers. And he and Gardner is that. And you see him, he he beats man beaters in man. Like you know, mm. like somehow you know they they go okay right we got we got this saucy dude out there let's. Let's let's try and run across her, you know, like uh, t- to get to, to try and beat him. So you know, we'll we'll, we'll stem and then running running, you know, do that Tyreek Hill route where we, we we cross across and try and you know just get get open just by angles. He he, he gets back in front of it. I, I don't know how he does it, whether it's the speed and the length, but he suddenly he's back in front of a dude that's like should be open by all laws of physics. So the dude's just like playing quantum mechanics out there in, in terms of cornerback plays. And, and I mean, a lot of it, the, the cornerback position is just so hard to evaluate because as soon as you've got any kind of decent corner in college, the, the quarterback just will not throw anywhere near him. So yeah. it, it's hard. But I spent, I spent a bit of time trying to find some, some, com, some complaints. And I, I don't think he is as complete as the Stingley 2019 tape. I, I don't think he's as good in the run, uh, uh, against the run, so I don't think he's as physical as, as uh, Stingley is. He's willing, but it's just it's just not his game. He You know, he's tall. He's not filled out in his frame. He's a bit, a bit gangly. You know, his weight of 190 at 6... What's, what did you say? 6'2", I've got 6'3". His, his mm-hmm. weight at that height, he's a bit he's a bit sort of slight. Yeah. Um, so I think, you know... He, he he kind of attacks downhill, but he doesn't hit hit that hard, and uh, he's not that good a tackler in space. So some things to work in there. And and the other thing is, I couldn't find that much tape of him backpedaling. And this might be a bit nitpicky, but I I thought his his kind of coverage is is a jam, and then you know like a flip and 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 run in trail, you know, like with it with his back to the QB, and then make a play on the ball, which he does excellently. I was just trying to find a bit more, you know, like off sort of zone or off man where he's he's having to backpedal and someone's coming at him at speed and he's got a kind of flip and, and and you know do like a zone flip or a baseball turn or whatever it is i couldn't find that much tape so then then i turned on the the combine and i thought hmm yeah he's, he's a little bit high hip to this backpedal a little bit and, and that's to do with his mm. height maybe but so that's something that he could work on you know maybe that'll affect his kind of zone game a little bit if he if he is a little bit high hipped he's a little bit slow out of his breaks but i mean it, it's kind of nitpicking he's a great player and you know you, you could definitely make the argument he should be uh should be above stingley in, in anyone's rankings especially with the injury but i mean great player I, you you love you love the the the, the press man sort of profile yeah. he's got oh definitely definitely i mean it's yeah it, it would be a shame if he got drafted by a very sound heavy team because I, I I agree I think zone isn't his isn't his jam. <laughs> hey, pun. Um, thank you. No, it, it, press man is him all day, and he excels in it. That that should be where he put him on put him on the field and say you crack you crack on. 
I mean, imagine, yeah, I mean, in the States, you put you, you replace the Joe Hayden role with, with Source Gardner. You know, he locks down one guy and then you play a little bit of zone on the other side, you know, where you've got, you know, your slot guy. Perfect. Absolutely awesome. This guy would, you know, be a, a long, very successful player for the Steelers. Obviously, they've got no chance of drafting him. But um, <laughs> uh, where, where are you, Kets? What do you think about Saucy here? Uh, just out of tribute to Sai, I think we've got to give the percentile fans what they need. Uh, wingspan, 95%. Arm length, 97%. So that just kind of underlines what Mike said. Um, Dude, yeah. Dude's a pterodactyl out there. He is. Press man coverage, again, elite, as you said. Doesn't overly bite on moves. Sort of delays a second to read the receiver's body language, see if the hip drops, see if it's a kind of a duke or a double move or a real actual change in direction and, and fluidly goes with it. But... Uh, yeah, draftable all day long. He's got enough speed to be able to do what he needs to do. He advances fast. As soon as he realises it's a screenplay, he's in that backfield before you've even realised. By the time you look over at him, he's already putting the guy on the floor. So, uh, really good. But, uh, yeah, the only sort of slight I had on him was uh, potential for DPI calls. Um, he's very grabby. He's very kind of hands-on. I think he likes to, to kind of let the player he's going up against know that he's there, which they obviously do, but he makes sure that he can kind of feel them. Um, they can feel him rather. And, uh, you know, you just wonder if certain referees in the NFL are going to be looking for that and are going to throw a flag because of it. But, uh, nah, easily draftable. can see why he's a consensus top two. Yeah, it's just seven PI calls in the last two years, something to keep an eye on. Uh, all in, or is anyone out? Oh, all in. Oh, you are, Mike. Obviously, yeah. Definitely. Okay. So somewhat chalky so far. No one's uh, made any surprises. <laughs> I've got to say, I, I um, coming off holiday and combining that with a busy work schedule and also how hard it is to actually scout cornerback. You've got to watch a lot of tape to find what you want, and you can't. I kind, I kind of resist the urge to watch. I don't, I don't like highlight scouting because I feel like I'm missing their negatives, but just yeah. loading up on positives. So then you end up trawling through. So basically, I've not hit as many guys as I was hoped. I've kind of covered, I think, most of the kind of top guys. But you're going to have, have to help me out here with some of these later guys because I'm I haven't got that many. But uh, anyway, let's plow on. So Kets, who do you want? Who do you want to go to next? Uh, I was going to say, yeah, just just before I go to the next guy, I echo those comments, um, especially for a novice scouter like myself. It's been uh, of a nightmare week, but uh, we'll give it a go. <laughs> um, I'm going to go with Roger McCreary, our first Scottish guy, not really Scottish. Um, Auburn, 5'11", 190. So a uh, nice sort of weight at that kind of frame. 28-inch um, arms, so very much a sort of T-Rex, zero percentile, so not the best. And uh, only one percentile in terms of wingspan as well. So uh, that's kind of going against him. But having said that, production is all there. Um, second best Auburn pass breakup record in history. Very physical in man-to-man coverage. Um, it played against LSU, really physical play against Jamar Chase, engaging in contact as soon as he was there at the line of scrimmage. High points the ball beautifully in interception, really good technique. Places body between the ball and Chase, which, which is something that I didn't really necessarily know what to look for in a corner, but I, I assume that's quite a good thing. Um always kind of keeps his eye on the ball um against Tennessee it resulted in him being able to leave his contact with the wide receiver from a press position and move up very quickly and tackle the running back for a loss of two yards so that was really good awareness 
Um, he does the traditional kind of corner thing that you want to see of playing through the wide receiver, through the wide receiver's hands, taking the ball away. Um, good general tackler from what I saw. Good short area quickness. Really nice pick six against Alabama State when the the offense actually had more numbers on his side of the field. So it was kind of he shouldn't have really been able to make that pick six, but he did. Um, and he's got some good results against some of the big players, Jahan Dotson, Traylon Burks, Jameson Williams. It was a jersey hold on tape against Jameson Williams, but that's a, a slight uh, a slight uh, knock on what was a really good game. And, and I think we spoke about this earlier in the process as well, but the Alabama-Auburn game was, was massively competitive this year um, for the first time in potentially a few years. Mike, you'd be quite no different to yeah. that than me, potentially, no, but... Um, go watch the Alabama tape for this guy. McCreary was a really big reason that Auburn was so competitive in that game. They didn't stop calling his name all night. He, he did give up the last sort of touchdown play to John Mechie, but to be honest, I think he just simply ran out of energy because he'd been like an absolute whippet for that whole game. It was a phenomenal performance. Um, Mechie uh, double-moved him to death there. It was That was kind of bad, which is a shame. I did, yeah. Same, but no, it's still a superb game anyway. Um, and looking at him, I see big things for the him in the NFL generally. Um, I think he's less of an injury risk than Stingley, but I'd still have a first round grade on him. I think teams are potentially sleeping on him as well. Um, you know, I think if you play this back in a few years' time, teams will be looking at him and, and wondering why they didn't draft this dude. So, uh, I'll have a red star drop, please. Well, red star. I have to agree with you, Kat. So he's, he's a great player. I think I was uh, I was close to sleeping him, um, but that would be ridiculous because you've starred him. I think you're right. I think he could he could even sneak into the first round. I think I think he's a day two guy myself before some of the measurable issues you talked about the the, the lack of length and stuff. But he's definitely yeah. versatile, you know, and and he's he's a he's a he's a versatile corner that can play inside and outside, um, but. He excels in press man, which is kind of kind of a weird combo because usually you expect like a versatile corner to be more kind of zony, but he's he's really really good up at the line. I thought you know and 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 you know he can, he can like you said he can flip his hits and stick stick in man with some of the best receivers in this draft class because he's such a smooth mover and really patient and he just plasters really well. So yeah, I I, I really really like him. It's just some some mild slight concerns of his size, a little bit handsy. Isn't that explosive? Isn't that bursty? Doesn't have elite long speed, and he doesn't anticipate that well. He's kind of kind of got to see it to do it. So he's not that kind of. I think that's where where his zone game is hurt a little bit. He's not he's not like breaking onto roots. It's kind of it's all got to happen in front of him. But yeah, really really like Roger McCreary. And I, I'd actually like to see him on the Steelers. I think he's kind of Steelersy corner actually because he can do a lot. He could be. I'd give me him over Cam Sutton, definitely. Apologies to Cam. Yeah. What do you think? Absolutely do well on the Steelers. Go on, Mike. What do you think? I I can't get my head around the fact that he's got phenomenally short arm length, yet um, balls batted down. He has some. I I did have to start here. Thirty-six. Excuse me. Fourteen last year. I think he was going to this. I've got thirty-seven in thirty-five games. That that shouldn't work, which tells me it's technique, it's body position, it's being in the right place at the right time. I've I did debate whether he he has the ability to fall into the first round. My concern about 
where I would pigeonhole him in terms of a draft position is some teams looking at the arm length and going, nope, off the board, straight, gone. Just don't, don't even don't even question it. We have, you know, same with the length of a tackle. Um, or, um, you you know, if, if there is an arm length issue, he's just off the board automatically. And that's where I, he, I feel he might fall. And typically, if the Steelers took him at 20 and he doesn't pan out, the criticism will be, well, you know, 28 and blah, blah, blah. The uh, inch like arms length. Why would he ever gone a, cor- a corner back like that? Look at Jamar Chase, and you, you know, damned if you do, damned if you don't. But I think if there is a run of cornerbacks, we've got to really have a thought of whether someone like Roger McCreary is going to drop down to us at fifty-two or wherever. But yeah, fifty-two, mm. I think, in the second round. So, mm. um, no, I'm 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 high on I'm high on McCreary. I must admit, um, the arm length obviously is a, is a concern. Um, could polish up a little bit of the tackling, but I'm being I'm being a bit um being a bit pinnacity. Uh six career interceptions but I will say though he sometimes I find with cornerbacks they like to attack the ball to make the interception. Because you know it's 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 a sexy play. But he attacks the ball to break the pass up, which I did like. And again, thirty seven and thirty five games speaks of itself. Um yeah I'm I'm, I'm in on Roger McCreary fellow fellow uh fellow Kelt. yeah yeah it's interesting isn't it because you wonder how close he is to his ceiling in some ways because the things he does well the ball skills and the the jamming impressed man are both going to be kind of neutralized by the arm length so does that just kind mm. of push him down to just being a kind of good good skill but slightly mediocre corner in the nfl i don't know it's hard, that's a hard projection isn't it and that that's kind of why i was scared off Sleeping him in a way. Yeah. No, I can see it. It, it, it. There are questions that need to be asked or are answered, which we'll see fairly early on in the pros, I think. Yeah. But I'm in. I'm definitely in. And obviously you're in, Ket. So you, you're in, Mike? Yeah. Yeah, I'm in on McCreary. Okay. Someone needs to be out on someone soon. Otherwise, we're yeah. going to be in big bother here. All right. I'll move on to the next guy. And we are going to uh, Mr. Andrew Booth Jr. out of Clemson. He's six foot one nine five, pretty prototypical size there. Uh, my one-liner is uh, enforcing outside corner with elite ball skills. The dude is tough, and he's long, and he's explosive, and he's athletic. Now, I love the aggressive play style. The dude plays with fight. He is an absolute alpha dog out there. Competitive. And I thought I saw good long speed as well as explosive quicks. But the long speed is what get he gets gets some knocks on. But the catches, I mean, he is he is a catch point gangster. I mean, some of the some of the catches he's making or picks, or I could call them interceptions, but they're not even interceptions. They're just straight out catches. He's making OBJ type one handed. He's horizontal coming down with the ball in a way that no human being should do. And that is why he is my... Red Star! His catch point skills, you just can't teach. Like, I don't care. Like he, he just dominates at the catch point. And the other thing is, which is why I think the Steelers would be very interested in Andrew Booth, he's possibly the best run defender in the draft class. I mean, the way he seals the edge... He's, he's so impressive. He can shed blocks. He can tackle. He's got the downhill jets. He seems to enjoy contact. I mean, 
you see the play against Georgia where he's he's on the line opposite a, a stack of two receivers. It's just him, and he just plays it perfectly, man. He charges one, one he charges the top guy at the stack, kind of forcing him back, and then he's kind of attacked his outside shoulder and then breaks back on the on the the dude behind him who's got the ball on the kind of attempted screen or whatever, and just tackles him, takes out two guys on one plate, and I mean. His athleticism shows up. I thought his long speed shows up when he tries to recover. He's good in space. He can break on roots. I think I think he can be. He's got the potential to be dominant in man. He can stick with a guy on extended plays. You know, like turn, changing direction as the QB moves. He gears down well on the comeback. I mean, that's massive because the comeback's such a such a way, easy way of getting separation. He gears right down and sticks with the guy like all over him. Um, I think he's got a really high ceiling, like huge ceiling. Good speed. Um, it's just, you know, I, he doesn't play with like the craftiness or the, the, the football IQ of some of these other guys. He's, he's not technical. He's, he's not like a really super smooth guy. He's not like, you know, he's not like, like the craftiness of, of McDuffie who we'll get onto or like the sort of technicalness of the guys we've talked about already. Um, doesn't have the, the change of direction of some of the other guys can be a little bit sort of high hipped and stiff at times. He's not, not a jam guy, you know, he's, he hasn't got those skills. He doesn't have any sort of impress he's not um his hand usage is is wanting uh doesn't really kill releases you know like the opposite of Gardner you know Gardner just kills releases just like terminates them dead you've got zero you know it's like the the, the guy the receiver's dead on the slab no pulse well you know this uh, uh Booth doesn't do that the guy the guy can get open you know and then he's just he's letting the guy get open but then he's killing him at the catch point so it's like where do you want your guy to win um you do see some whiffs on big tackles that, that you know, he, he looks a little bit out of control at times, you know, the tackling technique, you know, I, you know, I think, I think he's, he, he's got the potential to be one of those kind of makes massive plays and makes massive mistakes. That that's, that's the risk. Mm. And, and he could be a frustrating player if, if the sort of mistakes outweigh the big plays, but I'm willing to bank on the upside, man. That it just, no, nobody should be able to do some of the things he's doing. I mean, if, if you haven't seen them, please like watch a highlight, just a two-minute highlight package of of Andrew Booth, and uh, you will see some incredible catches that wide receivers would be would be pleased to be making. I mean, no no QB would want to throw up a 50-50 ball anywhere near it. I mean, he's just like you just oh god, it's that guy. Just go somewhere else. He kind of feels like a Steelers pick to me in that he could be a massive bust because of some of the things I talk about. But I love the alpha dog mentality in the secondary, but particularly in the cornerback position. I mean, just having that guy that's just just ferocious out there as well, and, and you know, wants to hit, loves contact. I mean, that just feels like an AFC North guy to me. But um, tell me, I'm wrong. Who's uh, who, who's down on him? Nobody. No, not me at all, Kets. No, I love him. He's great. <laughs> <laughs> Lays in the woods, you know, he's happy on a boundary or, or working solo. He does his thing with the QB where he keeps his eye on the QB whilst running backwards and keeping his guy sort of in the peripheral vision. Um, you know, that, that one, there was a one-handed interception in the red zone against Virginia, just ridiculous. The way he kind of uses his catch point ability, it's like he's watching the replay on next gen stats and goes, that's the point to pick it out the air. Bang. He's there every time without thinking. Light on his feet. Physical enough, but not overly so, to draw penalties like 
maybe some of the others. He's a tackle for loss machine. He almost plays like a strong safety at times. Gav, I totally agree with what you said in terms of, you know, if he doesn't work out as a corner, maybe have him as a safety. He's got that kind of ability. It's unbelievable. But uh, I, I just made a note of, um, with regards to the sort of the hip movement and that kind of thing, maybe don't play him in the slot. Keep him outside. Um, and that might potentially... I just wonder if he's going across the field, if he's got that potential to be in the wrong place, as you, you kind of mentioned, and, and just not kind of be next to the man where he needs to be. And and yeah, the only knock is he can be reckless, reckless at times, trying to attack the man or, or attack the ball. Sometimes you feel like he's going to hit the guy just for the sake of hitting the guy rather than maybe doing what's right in terms of the, the overall sort of football play. But uh, yeah, he's got so, such a good ceiling, definitely. Yeah, he doesn't feel like a guy that's like going to bait quarterbacks or do any of that stuff. He has he hasn't quite got that sort of cerebral level of play, has he? No. Um, yeah. But ma- maybe I mean, that can be developed. I don't know. He's it. It, it was. A, he's only a one-year full-time starter. Right. So there's still plenty of plenty of uh, room for growth with uh, with Andrew Booth for sure. Yeah, but you just love the mentality. I mean, it's hard not to sort of get excited about a player like this, isn't it? You already know there's going to be highlight plays next year. Already know it. No matter which team he's on, there's going to be a highlight play for Andrew Booth, 100%. Yeah. It's interesting what you talk about, because when we talk about uh, the Steelers' need at cornerback, I feel like they're not too bad in the slot, to be honest. I I kind of feel like Morlet's pretty good. You know, Sutton can play there. Um, There's someone else whose name is escaping me right now, but they feel like they're kind of loaded there, where it's it's more the outside, I think, that... um, I feel like the Steelers need. What do you think? Do you think do you, do you agree with me there? Yeah, it's, it's who you put on Jamar Chase twice a year, isn't it? That, that's the the big question mark we've got. I think. Mm. Yeah, I mean, yeah, because yeah. with a, with a spoon. That's, that's, I mean, that's could is this guy more of the kind of with a spoon sort of role than than the Hayden role? And maybe if you hate, you don't want two of these guys because that, that's kind of with a spoon's game, isn't it? Stick with a guy and then break up the pass at the catch point, where rather than Hayden, which is kind of more stick with a. Stick with a guy and take him out of the play, so he's not even getting the ball thrown to him. Um, that's definitely not this guy's game. So I, I don't know. Do you want two guys that are kind of mildly out of out of control and give and you know giving up separation before they make a play on the ball? I don't know. I think, g- given the fact that we've got a a solid, well, a more than solid safety at the back as well, just gives that extra support where I I feel okay with having. Uh, Witherspoon on one side and Booth on the other, because if if one does start to drop, they you you can you can move protection over to give them a little bit of a respite if they're if they're having a tough run of it if they're getting burned in a game you can give them some support over the top. Hmm. I given his given his traits, I don't think I'd be too upset with it. Actually, I'd be quite pleased if we, if we took him at 20. I've just had a quick look. The over-under on Andrew Booth's draft position is 26 and a half. I think he's going to be there. I really think I he's going to play. Yeah. But he was on the list, right? He was on the Kazura list as being one of the dudes. So uh, Yes, Clemson. So this, this guy could be a stealer come, you know, not long now. How long is it? Two weeks? Could be a stealer. So, Two uh, weeks uh, and a few hours. I mean, we're going to get more into this when we talk about the mock drafts and everything when we start doing those. But, you know, this this could be a guy that um, we're welcoming to Pittsburgh. So, so are we all in? Yeah. 
Yeah, no, I am. Just one or two things I'll, I'll mention on him before the the, the tackling. I, I loved what you were saying, Gav, about the the aggression is there, but oh, sometimes he can he can fluff his lines in tackling. Um, he's he's got nearly twenty two percent missed tackle rate as well. It, he's he, that's something he's he's gonna have to work on. But I would rather have a cornerback who isn't afraid to tackle, but just might not be efficient in it yet, than have someone than have Gerard Palomar. Uh, you know, someone who just doesn't want to tackle. If you can get Andrew Booth comes in at a solid base, we just need to work on technique. I'm and I'm comfortable with that. Um, am I comfortable using a a, a twenty a, a pick a twenty on him? Yeah, absolutely. Um, not all very very much in on him. Um, and just one other comment before we move on to the next corner. All the talk about the great picks that he makes. Do you know how many picks he has in total in Clemson? Gone five. But wow. they're memorable. Yeah. Is, is is my point? They're they're well plays. It's not just the picks, though. It's the PBUs as well, right? There's Mm. You you see him just out, just beating people at, at the catch point. So yeah, I don't know how many PBUs he's got. I don't know if you've got that stat there. Yeah, 14 over two years. Okay. Would like a and little again, bit more. One of the, well, well, in 2020, he got six and he wasn't a star. Right. So it's, isn't, isn't it funny though, just looking at cornerbacks as a whole, it's a double-edged sword. You can look at a cornerback and go, not a lot of PB, not a lot of uh, balls blocked, not a lot of INTs because they weren't targeted very much. <laughs> it's, it's such a double-edged sword when you look at the stats. You've really got to dig in a little bit deeper to get to the degree. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you're, you're kind of worried if you turn on a tape in college and the guy's getting balls thrown at him the whole time. <laughs> yeah. You know, some of these some of these later guys. It's quite interesting because there's a couple of um, teams like uh, Washington and Alabama that have got two guys drafted. So you're watching the tape going, well, which is the guy they're not targeting? And, yeah. Uh, it's strange, but yeah, in terms of in terms of Clemson, it definitely felt like they weren't throwing towards Booth. For sure. Yep. Okay, so I'm not I'm not going to force it, but someone needs to not pick someone as being in because this is getting ridiculous. So uh, who goes next, Mike? You're up next. Well, this is the problem because there's there's a good amount of cornerbacks quite high up, so you've 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 almost got a we've got to run with this before. Um, before going into the guys, we've got a little bit of an issue with. Um, okay, I'll I'll go Kyrie Elam out of Florida. Six uh, one and change, one ninety one. Outside corner, who I was, I loved his, or he seems to love physical competition. Wants to get involved at the line. Wants to get involved in contested catches as well, and does a great job of, of being quite a savvy mover and disrupting plays and routes by getting his body in the right place at the right time. Love his change of direction, explosive movements all there. He's got excellent length at a wingspan of, of, of seventy seven, arm length just below thirty one. A couple of comments about his tackling though, not not as not as proficient. A lot of a lot of good, a lot of bad. So it's something. It's it's um, he's gonna have to work on. He, he he played quite a variety of reps. I felt, but I did see a fair amount in zone. Again, press man. The aggression's all there. Very very easy to cause um, cause disruptions. Where do I see Kyle Elam falling? 
Um, again, he's going to be that back end of round one, probably where he's he's in and around where the Steelers could be looking at could be looking at picking him up. Um, just trying to look through sort of general stats as well. In terms of completion percentages, 2021 was the only year he was above 50%. Everything else was 40 and change. I think frame-wise, he's got it. Experience-wise, absolutely got it. Um, yeah, I've, I've, I've quietly, quietly content on on Kyrie. I'm just needs to watch out, getting a bit handsy and and the potential for flags. Yeah, Elam's interesting to me. He's he's definitely like a game of two halves. Like he's they they barely threw at him at all, right? I mean, he was just never getting the ball thrown his way. So that he he's getting that respect in college. Mm. He is he is he has got good speed and he has got good size, good measurables, good ball skills. When you say ball skills, you know you kind of picture you know a dude like flying through the air and plucking the ball out of there. When I say he's got good ball skills, I, I kind of mean he. He just tracks the ball so well. He know, he kind of, yeah. When you think about it, it, it's an amazing feat, really, that what what quarterbacks do and what wide receivers do and what and what DBs do when you know a human being is releasing a ball and and these guys are kind of planning its trajectory and and it, you know finding it within a few centimeters exactly and you know they're, they're doing all that processing live. This guy's is excellent at that. Like he 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 pinpoints that ball so well. He, you know, the, the, combine that with his awareness, and he's just a great corner against the pass. My issue is the run game. I just think he is. You, you kind of hinted at it, right? You said about the tackling. I, I, I think he is a liability actually in the run game. I, I mm. don't, I don't. I, he could need. He, and it's, he needs to improve tackling. That's that's possible. Needs to add strength. Um, needs to get better at shot at shedding. But it's just the. Uh, the willingness as well. I didn't see the willingness. I didn't see him, you know, trying trying to like cover across the field. Like like I mentioned about, um, uh, I think it was Source earlier. You know, tracking across the field, even when the play's dead. You know, you you want to see a guy trying to get there. You know, just just in case, in case a guy whiffs a tackle and and suddenly someone's free. You don't see him do that. He gives up like, and and you don't see any physicality. Um, I don't know if you saw the the whiff that he made on the the Brian Robinson, obviously of Alabama. That TD, that was mm. that was bad. Yeah. That just made me go, oh, like that really really hurt me, uh, hurt him his his stock in my eyes. And, and I'm going to be out. So well done, Mike. You brought up a guy that I'm out on. So <laughs> I, I am out on uh, Kyalem, which is a shame because he's a good corner in, in, against the pass. But I just I just don't think you know I've been trained by years of watching Steelers. You know, first and foremost, got to be good against the run. So yeah. you've got to seal an edge. You've got to be physical. You've got to have the the desire to kind of hit a guy. I don't see any of that. I I I, I see a guy that as soon as he's you know someone's got hands on him, he gives up. And as soon as the plays kind of feels like he's he's not going to be able to make a play on in the air, he's he's not interested. So that that's why I'm out. So what do you think, Kets? Where are you on this? Okay, you're in him. Yeah, nice work on this, Mike. Because I'm out as well. Um, ah. <laughs> run game. I literally wrote he's a bit hit and miss as a tackler and then I kind of just deleted the word bit after a while he is hit and miss he will either tackle you or he will sort of dive past you failing miserably it's one of those um I watched the Alabama tape and I was trying to figure out what this guy was doing wrong potentially as if I know anything about cornerbacks um he gets very low in his stance and 
given that he's sort of six one and change, that seems to make him kind of slower to react to a receiver's release because he's kind of sort of crouching down in my eyes, potentially unnecessarily. And I think he has got enough pace when he needs to. It was a 4.3940, so he does have enough speed. But his 10-yard split was only 51st percentile, so I think he's quite slow at initially getting off the blocks. But then, you know, after that first 10 yards, he does get up to speed. And I think in that amount of time, and because he's low in his stance and kind of crouching down, that means he does get beaten. And when he gets beaten, he commits penalties. He's going to be a guy that's going to be called repeatedly at the next level. There was um, or did watch the Alabama tape. There was a pass interception penalty against Mechi. I'd have called another couple in the game as well as the one that was actually called. Um, he did well at times. He got a hand in nicely on a deep ball. Um, and it, it was the one where he kind of got injured slightly on the plane and he came back into the game. I'm just not really sure how best to use him if we had him. Like, I wouldn't trust him as a wide cornerback. Um, okay in zone, don't trust him in man, maybe in the slot potentially, but it, it's kind of like a struggle as to where to put him in, and I wouldn't trust him. And for me, if I'm drafting a cornerback, I want to trust if the ball comes their way, they're going to, at the very least, compete for it and, you know, win their fair share. Of, of those kind of battles when the ball's in the air and and that combined with the run game I just don't trust him so so I'm out unfortunately Kets can I just say you've really hit on something there when you said that you would have called him for several other infringements I had a vision of, of you running onto a pitch dressed as a zebra <laughs> like uh, and, and fiddling with your mic and saying intentional grounding whatever 10 yards first down Man, you should be you should be you should be an umpire. I can see it now, Kets. You need to uh, this you need to this needs to be a bit for you, Kets. Kets is umpire corner. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I think there's, there's other podcasts that do that better than me attempting to second guess what I think the uh, NFL rules are. Okay. <laughs> Who knows? Um, yeah, so I agree with you. So uh, we're you, we're both out. And uh, Mike, what are you saying on career? I'll yeah, I'll say in. Okay. Okay. Is this the guy that the Steelers are going to draft? This is what's worrying me. Like you say, he he is in range. I really hope they don't. No. Is that unfair? Uh, okay. Kets, you're up. Indeed. Um, I'm going to go with, I'm kind of not really sure where to, where to go in terms of order, but I'll go with Darian Kendrick from Georgia. Um, six foot almost, give or take, tiny, tiny bit. Um, 194 pounds. Um, wide receiver turned corner, moved from Clemson to Georgia, plays very physically. He's got an awareness for the ball in terms of interception or pass breakup terms. He is, again, a candidate for a lot of DPI calls at the next level. So maybe referee and corner, Gav, you're potentially right. I don't know. Um, he likes to hit the receiver as he catches the ball to forcing completions. Is a guy that's got huge confidence, but potentially bordering on arrogance. So if you're not going to call him for DPI, you're definitely going to call him for taunting on a lot of these uh, a lot of these calls. Um, sack on a corner blitz against Notre Dame, which was good. Um, I've got to stop calling Notre Dame. I've got Notre Dame. It's Notre, Notre Dame. Dame. Sorry, I need to work on my Americanisms. Uh, so sack on a corner blitz, but had to work hard for it, and he beat the running back who was blocking. Did nice. 
in, in terms of that particular play. Good general body position, tracks a receiver's movements really fluidly and at a good pace, a good speed. Um, only 31-inch arms, but he does play like they're longer. Seems to have great length despite only being kind of 34th, 28th percentile in terms of arm length and wingspan. Um, 2021 production, 24 solo tackles, two tackles for loss, four picks and three pass breakups. Um, did get blown up for pace by Wilson, um, or by Wilson, and a beautiful, and this was probably last year's tape looking at it, um, it was a Justin Field to Alave deep ball on a post route in the Ohio State game in 2020 for a, for a really nice touchdown. The, um, the drive kind of, I think there was that play, and then there was another one where the tight end kind of beat him in the end zone. A little tiny push to, to create a little bit of separation, and then it was no no contest, essentially, for the six points. Um, did allow Sermon to get a first down. Sermon was the, the running back in this game, and to be honest, a really good game, so it'd be one worth watching as well. Um, just allowed to get a first down too easily when Ohio were pressed back against their own end zone. You know, when, when you're close to the opposition goal line, you want to get that turnover on downs and give your kind of offense a really easy sort of short field position. But um, yeah, I'd, I'd say on balance, I think I would be out. I think there were some nice things on tape, but um, in, in terms of a couple of the plays, again, it was that kind of do I trust him, do I not? Um, and, and a couple of times he got beaten. Um, I'd be out. Yeah, I, I I didn't watch too much of him actually, to be honest, because I I, did, I thought he looked a bit sluggish, and then um, I kind of went, ah, oh, well, he's getting protected by that amazing. He he looked like a sort of it's a bit bit cruel to say really, but a bit of a passenger on that sort of Georgia defense. So I moved on. So I didn't really give him a full evaluation, but um, I kind of agree with everything you said. What, what do you think, Mike? Are you are you on board, or you've got something different to say? No, I, I'm I'm out on uh, Darion Kendrick. Um, I always there's always was a question mark when someone's a five star wide receiver recruit and then converts to a cornerback. Um, questions. Also, just as a just as a comment, uh, March twenty twenty one arrest for drug and gun charges, which I believe were binned, but he wasn't just a, you know, didn't get a lot of reps at Clemson. Decided to enter the transfer portal. He saw a lot of of suspensions and dismissals for Clemson before entering the transfer portal. So there is a lot of background checks that need to be done on this guy. Now, gone. Not gone. Gone. Oh, in, in just get, in terms of, of of the play, I've I've, I've got it here about struggling in, in in long speed. Needs to improve the wrap up tackling. I mix in terms of where I could see it, where I could see him going, um, because there are some physical plays I, I do like in terms of uh, you know ball production was was fairly solid. Four picks in twenty twenty one. Uh, across three seasons, 22 balls back down. But, I mean, I've got it here. He ran a 4 7 8 40 at his pro day. For a cornerback, that's that's undraftable. That is undraftable, isn't it? I mean, if you're talking about um, Jalen Wadermeyer being undraftable at tight end for running <laughs> a, a five, five second 40, then what, what's it for a 4 7? I mean, the, I mean, the, the the counter to that is what was uh, Jerry Rice's forty was a four seven, wasn't it? Apparently, 
legend has it. Uh, he he did all right, but um, yeah, that's that's shocking. I didn't know that about his forty. Carry on. What were you saying? No, just just as as much as you know, there were positive to make out of his his twenty twenty one play. Sort of, as the, I think it was the, the first year he was a true start. Yes, well, first year as a true starter. Um, didn't concede a touchdown. Four picks. Completion percentage rate 40, uh, 46%. But there are some massive areas that that worry me. And and like you said, you know, I might be able to play a nickel cornerback playing behind that Georgia front seven. It can make your day very, very easy. So there's there's a lot pointing towards was last year an outlier given everything around them. But the, the the lack of speed as well is a bit of an issue for me. So no, I, I'm I'm out, and he is going to he is not going to be suitably ranked when I when I put it down pen to paper. Right. So uh, well, when I, when I nearly interjected, what I was going to say is that I didn't feel like I'd watched enough tape to be in or out on him. Uh, but with your background intel about all of the off field issues, I'm I'm out. I'm out. I'm out. I'm out. I'm out, I'm out. Mm. Can I also say on size behalf? Um, I'm going to. Take, take a leaf out of his book. In vibe scouting terms, on behalf of Sai, I'm going to be out for Sai on his behalf. Because I don't think he'd touch this guy with a barge pole. Bad vibes. DeAndre Baker vibes, maybe. Too many red flags. Yeah. That's a great show, Gav. Unfortunately. Okay. Is it me? I think it's me. Yep. Uh, yep. Let's go somewhere more positive. Let's go to, I mentioned him earlier, uh, Trent McDuffie out of Washington. Uh, 5'11", 193, ran a 4.4440. Correct me if he's improved that at his pro day. Now, I think this dude does feel like a Steelers corner, um, but maybe that's not a good thing. I don't know, Mike, you were talking about that. He, This guy feels like the kind of guy that the Steelers hope to try and draft. Um, like a small, like more of a traditional. I mean, the Steelers kind of moved to a more of a man scheme now, but back when they were doing their sort of zone blitz stuff, this feels like the guy they would have taken. Um, although they would have been really high on like a small zone corner uh, with a sweet back pedal and high football IQ. Um, uh, good athlete, uh, good play speed, quick feet, good change of direction, plasters really well, smooth hips, matches double double moves really well. But where I'm getting at, he's, he's a good run defender. You know, he takes good angles off the edge and in coverage can blitz, you know, makes good plays around the line of scrimmage. Plays with you know good physicality for a smaller guy, so you kind of picture those kind of guys that you know the Steelers have had. This is this is it, um, you know. But that's that's also the problem. Is he is he is he actually a true outside guy? Is he is he actually better in the slot? Um, you know, and, and do you want to take a slot corner as high as this guy's going to go? Um, but in in college, he played outside. I mean, he did, did play a little bit inside, but mainly outside. And he was another guy that was rarely targeted. So. Opposing teams, you know, obviously respected him. Uh, reads routes really well. Navigates traffic to avoid those rub routes. No one likes those rubbing routes. Getting rubbed off is really unpleasant. Um, <laughs> Understands space really well. You know, he's got like those positional instincts. Knows where he should be, and like um, he flows really well with like quarterback and receiver passing windows. You know, when plays break down, he's he's always seems to be in the right spot. So that's what I'm saying. He's like he's got that kind of crafty corner vibe that you kind of want. You know, like um. Like uh, like Will Gay, you know, he's like in the, in Johnny on the spot, you know, maybe 
maybe not the most the biggest guy or the the, the most athletic but he, he's there and he and he's kind of a smooth mover and he, and he can break down and, and tackle a guy and um yeah it's good i mean and and also you've got to take notice when 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 there's washington corner and there's two in this draft because washington had a good a good uh you know hit that they've had 10 10 dbs drafted since 2007 they've kind of got dbu kind of thing they had um i've got them here they've got uh dashon goldson uh, Desmond Trufant, Marcus Peters, Kevin King. All right, you can you know laugh about the playoffs, whatever. Uh, Buddha Baker, Sidney Jones, uh, Jordan Miller, Elijah Miller, and Keith Taylor have all been drafted. Um, so this this is the next guy up. So uh, death yeah. row defense, they call it. Yeah. Uh, negatives. Um, it's, it's undersizedness and, and a lack of length. The same thing we we're talking about on McCreary. Um, they are concerns. They're real. You know, it's like, is he going to get dominated at the next level? And and for everything I said about the run, he's not a good tackler. Um, he he tends up ends up. He's one of those guys that tries to you know he's, he's torpedoing guys rather than tackling and wrapping up. He he goes for the hit or or dives at feet too much, and 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 that lack of size shows up in the physicality. You know, he's he's wanting to like he's wanting to be the alpha dog. He's willing. You know, he'll, he'll put his face into the fire. But sometimes he's just getting blown up by running backs that are just, you know, squatter and thicker than him. Um, not much of a press guy, but that, that's not his game. That's not why. You, that's not why you like him. He's not that kind of down at the line jamming a dude. That's not his game. And his ball skills aren't aren't elite either. He's not. He's not. He's not Andrew Booth. You know, he's not that guy that's going to be doing mad mad skills at the catch point. So you know, could, is he a slot? Probably. But would he be an upgrade over Cam Sutton? Yes, he would. So if, if the guy fell to the second round, I'm in. I'm definitely in on the dude. First round, I think it's a bit rich for me where the Steelers are picking. Top of the second is probably right for him, I think, along with Recreary. But but some people are saying, some people are putting him in the first round, but I, I, just, I just don't think you can do a guy that's, you know, R. I don't think you can draft a guy that's this undersized in in the first round and and not be disappointed. But uh, what, what what do you guys think? You, anyone higher on McDuffie than I am? And I'm pretty high on him to be honest, but I do think there are concerns. It's it, it's the old adage, isn't it, of physical build and the play that you see, and you sit there and go, absolutely right. Size in terms of length and height is something that you're going to have to factor in about whether you want to play him outside. And maybe he does end up being a slot corner and there's absolutely nothing wrong with being an elite slot corner and he will do very well in that position. He, whilst he is on the smaller size, he, he it almost like he plays bigger. And I, and, I, and I quite like that. But because he's he's, he's he comes across as, as, as a strong defender. Um, saw a lot in man, saw a lot in zone. Again, length's an issue, but speed, yeah, this guy, this guy's lightning. Um, 4-4-4 at the combine, didn't run on his pro day. Would have liked to have seen some more snaps uh, in press, but again, if the length is an issue, then you're probably gonna you're probably gonna knock him on that. I've I've got to say, I'm I'm in on McDuffie. I really am. I think. Ball production is another issue, by the way. Um, not a lot of it. Nine passes broken up at 100 targets. Just something to, to sort of warrant and keep an eye on. But he's not getting beaten all the time. And I, I can't help but think that. A, is that a technique? Is that a mental processing capability? 
in his favour. I, I think it's got to be. I think I'm, I'm, I'm struggling. I really am in, t- in terms of, I, you know, he warrants the round one praise. The arm length, 7% oil. Like that's, that's, that's it. That is an issue. But there's so many more positives to his game. That again, like Andrew Booth, would I prefer Andrew Booth? Perhaps, yeah, at twenty. But I wouldn't be too upset if we took Trent McDuffie at twenty. So um, no, I'm 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 in, gents. Okay, what do you think, Kets? I think I'd have a second round grade on him. Um, he's got that very strong football like you. In terms of what you were saying, Mike, I I, I think I potentially have a further bit of detail which kind of explains his game somewhat this guy spent a ton of time watching tape university of washington have got some kind of software that tracks how many sort of hours all of their players spend watching tape every week and they're told you know you need to watch a certain amount of tape this guy never had to be pulled up on it he was always like top one top two in terms of watching tape so i think that's kind of that's where his football IQ comes from. And is he watching tape like side side with Stanley watches football games with like three screens and Twitter open and his PlayStation on, and and Chloe talking to him? Is it you know it could, it could be that? I, I'm just saying, is there a way around yeah. this system? It's not foolproof, is it? That Trent McDuffie also has the most futons in the Washington <laughs> football team and the biggest TV screen. Oh, lead. Um, yes, so in terms of his technique, and, and this is something I kind of saw as I was watching it, he waits for the receiver to drop the hips. So as a receiver is about to release, he'll drop his hips, then he'll make the movement. As soon as he sees that, and again, this is probably due to tape as much as anything else, he instantly breaks on the ball. And I think that is where he has his wins and his successes because he, he recognises that that's where he closes. And I think that's the difference between, you know, someone that, that, that plays in press all the time won't necessarily have to do that. If this guy's more zone, that's when he has to do it because he has to know when he needs to attack the ball. And I think that's something he does. Maybe he doesn't have the most production for it, but I think on, on the tape that I saw, I saw that quite consistently. Um, so, yeah, I'd, I'd say I'm in as well, but uh, more, more of a second round grade than I wouldn't want to take him at 20. I think there'd be... Other kind of guys I'd take higher. Do you know uh, he uh, he conceded 111 receiving yards last year total. Wow. That's wow. Oh, it's ridiculous. Oh, Kets, this this software you were talking about, which monitors how much um, time you spend watching tape. If only the Raiders had that with Jamar Rus- uh, Jamarcus Russell mm-hmm. um, and that story about the DVD. Watching it, watching the tape on it, sort of thing. That would have been that would have been a godsend for them. Yeah, it's like the twenty dollar bill in the back of the, uh, the draft <laughs> yeah. day book, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> all right, so we're all in on McDuffie. Okay, mm-hmm. uh, who is next? I think it's you, Mike. It is, yeah. Um, keep it easy. Let's go with his counterpart, Kyler Gordon. Measurables five eleven. 194. Yep. Very, very twitchy mover. Really, really impressed with impressed with his athleticism. Easy for me to say. Um, usually asked uh, to play a bit more in zone, 
could be found a little bit guilty of giving a little bit too much cushion and a little bit too much space to the right receivers and the route. Even if the athleticism gets him there at the right place, I, I'd rather he didn't forgive that space early doors. Stop testing yourself. Take advantage. You know, stay close. Work on that discipline. Um, where are we? Struggles in the, in the run game. Uh, struggles with disengaging blockers. Love his short area quickness. Interestingly, we talk about the ball production of, of, of Trent McDuffie not being sort of elite. Carla Gordon's only got two career interceptions as well across 29 games. And they only came in 2021. Now, in terms of, of, of yard, we, we spoke about, you know, if, if one res- if one cornerback is the elite one and the follow-up cornerback is sort of the one that gets targeted, unfortunately, Kyler Gordon was that guy. Uh, nearly 250 yards receiving were conceded in 2021, which isn't an overly overly tough number but it's just something to something to bear in mind um over his three years you won't call him a he redshirt 2018 so over his three years he had um 14 passes passes bad nine came last year that's quite a that's quite a good chunk of of percentages i think there's a little bit of rawness to him I think, you know, he's only had the one year as a true starter in 2021. So I think there's a little bit more he's, he's got to work on. Um, I'm trying to go with, I'll, I'll say I'm out only on the basis of if we picked him in the right sort of spot, I'd, I'd be content. But I'd argue that's probably round three, there, thereabouts. Mm. Yeah. Do you see? Do you see uh, his background, Mike? Are you talking about the, his movement skills? Mm. Do you see that he was? He's like he's been like a street dance street dance champion, <laughs> and and also a, a very accomplished martial artist from an early age. So the, no the guy, and that that kind of explains his movement skills, doesn't it? He's very very agile, really really agile, really light footed. Um, and just yeah, like you say, like the hips, the speed, um, great at bre- breaking onto the ball, and, and I thought he was pretty good at winning at the catch point. Um, but I like Kyler Gordon. I think I think there's potential there. I th- was he was he only a one? I think he was a one year starter. Was he? Yeah, yeah. So I, and and that kind of show. I think the mental side of the game needs improvement. I don't, I, I think he's kind of he's he's clinging on. You know, he's he's mm. using his physical traits to to keep up with the game rather than. Having having experience and having, I mean, he's play, he apparently started playing football at ten, so he, he has played. But it just seems like he's not he's not up there with the with the Trent McDuffies and and the other yeah. guys in this this class that just you know seem like cerebral corners. He's not that. He's like a physical guy, um, but yet he's he's kind of more of a zone guy as well. So it's kind of kind of a bit of an odd mix as well. But I, I, I'm in on him. I like him. You know, I like I like, I like the speed. I like, I like the movement skills. I think you can, I think you know you can you need to get him into that um that tape back into that tape room watching tape and um, mm. I think he could he could really he could have quite a high ceiling I think he, he he does scream to me it's the sort of guy that might struggle in his rookie year but then in three years time everyone's looking at each other going wow he just needed time yeah completely you know, he, just, he just needed reps absolutely what, what do you think Kets? 
Yeah, I can see both arguments on this one. And I think Mike's 100% right in terms of he, when he's in zone, he gives too much space. And he's always like, oh, shit, I'm out of space. You know, I need to now use my physicality to to make that up. Um, the other thing, the Michigan tape, I noticed a couple of times we didn't react quickly to the snap. And for me, that, that's got to be the first thing you do as a, as a corner, because otherwise, you know, your man's already passed you. Um, and because of that late reaction and because of giving up too much space in the zone, it did look like a bit of a liability at times. Um, some of his sort of diving cricket style, it's almost like a goalkeeper saving a penalty in, in soccer type pass breakups, like full on dive with one hand. It's There's some spectacular athleticism on there. But um yeah, I think he's just too raw for me at the moment, and I, I'd have to lean on the side of Alt, I'm afraid, with this guy. Okay, that's good. All right, getting into the uh, the woods, the long grass here with the corners. <laughs> so how many corners? I mean, that's the other thing. There's so many of these dudes. I mean, we say it every year. It's just like, I can't watch all these guys. Sorry. I mean, you know, <laughs> if, if, if a sponsor wants to come forward and make it so that I don't have to go to work, I'm happy to sit here and grind through corner tape, but you know, I, I, I do my working day. I get back, you know, maybe I can squeeze in like last night. I was like, right. I really need to put some extra time in to get deeper. I fell asleep. I literally fell asleep watching <laughs> tape. Like, it's like, cause, cause it's not the, you know, okay. The highlights, cornerback highlights are exciting, right? They're good. But, but grinding through two or three games on a guy where they're not getting thrown to and, and like 75% of their snaps are just, you know, you touch a guy, you run five yards, the play goes the other way, you stop. Or, oh, wait, he's running, but they run off screen. And then, you, <laughs> you know, you watch a ball get thrown to someone else that you're not particularly interested in, and then you're waiting for the next play. It's it's hard. So I apologise. I'm getting towards the end. I did watch the Alabama guys, um, and I'm, then I've got a sleeper. And, that, and that's about it. So I'm pretty much... I'm pretty much getting towards the end here. I think I think uh, Ketz, you're up. So do you want to go with the guy, and then and then we can kind of talk about the Alabama guys for me, and then my sleeper, and then I'm out. So where, where are you, kids? Yeah. yeah, I think I've got about three left myself. So uh, oh god, let's go. There's a couple of guys. Um, now where are they? Do you want the guy with the worst percentiles in the world ever, or do you want the guy that's got the best percentiles in the world ever? Let's go, Mr. Percentile. Let's go with the good guy. Good percentiles. Yes, All I right, guess. Okay. Yeah, go on. Yeah, go on, Mike. Guess. That's a new game. Oh, percentile okay. challenge. Here we go. We give you the percentiles. You've got to come up with the prospect, Mike. Beat, beat no, Mike. That's I'm, a tough game. I'm, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to guess the prospect now. Is it Tariq Woolen? It is. Ah. Oh. Get in. Does he You're not get in? Mike. Pre, pre, uh, pre kind of music, music for guessing that. Give him a Ooh. drop. Not that. Sorry. Whoa, wrong one. <laughs> <laughs> Outtakes. There you go. Have that. Love um, that. Sorry. Nice. That's a good one. Uh, well done, Mike. Well done. Okay. Tariq Willen. Go on, Kaz. Tariq Willen. So height, 99th percentile. Weight, 90th percentile. Wingspan, 92nd percentile. Arm length, 97th percentile. Hand size, 48th percentile. 10 yard, 92nd percentile. 40 yard, 4.26 seconds, 99th percentile. Vertical jump, 42 and that is the 97th percentile. So this guy, instant physicality on tape. He plays hard. He hits guys. 
again, probably going to be a candidate for DPI at the next level. You get very kind of hands-on. He's got burst and pace. Maybe not in the first couple of steps, despite what his sort of 10-yard time split says. But when he's at speed, he's going to hit you and he's going to knock the ball out nine times out of ten. Really light on his feet as well when pressing instant changes of direction. Gets his hands between the receiver's hands and then sort of lifts it up to knock the ball out. Really sort of textbook technique there. Five-year college career. He was a receiver. He had three years as a receiver. Turned corner. Two years as a corner. Um, Has played against a couple of the better schools, including BYU and Illinois and Western Kentucky. He is very much a kind of traits or a potential guy. He could potentially be the sort of small school diamond in the rough. Um, that said, all of that sort of positive stuff, he does have some faults. Um, he's quite sloppy with his footwork at times. He was able to get away with not moving his feet so much and kind of lunging slightly to get his hands on in press. You'll need to clean that up when, when covering some of the more elite type athletes that you get in the NFL. And as a taller athlete, he doesn't sink his hips properly and uh, doesn't sink, struggles to sink his hips and get out of breaks when in a full sprint, which causes him to kind of jump into breaks and even take extra steps than he needs to to stop. Um, and due to that, he often gives up on shorter routes too easily. Um, so a bit of a mixed bag. Um, Mike, what did you think to this guy? I think I saw a stat there a couple of years ago, a couple of days ago, and I'm happy to be corrected wrong on this, that the reason why he converted from a wide receiver to a cornerback was because he had like a 25%, 30% drop rate. And they just said, uh-huh. no, no, you're out. Move you to cornerback. Um, yeah, this, this guy's so raw, but his physicality, you can't, or his measurables, excuse me, too, you can't help but be intrigued and just sort of look to see what can you get what can you what can you get out of this guy um as you say start as a receiver unique size unique length inconsistent tackler an area he needs to improve on but then again as i say he's still raw in the position so patience is key um the length allows him to shed blocks excellently he's he really can get off receivers and get towards the running back now he might not execute the tackle very well but he can get off those blocks incredibly well Needs to work with getting his head back towards the ball better. Again, the length helps him out in press coverage phenomenally well to, to disrupt routes nice and early. Uh, closing speed, it's all there. I've, I've just I've just closed my little my little commentary here saying the guy has excellent traits. He just needs to grow into the position. He needs to learn to be a cornerback. That that's ultimately what he needs. Where he gets drafted, I don't know, but you don't start him early days. You, you need to give him at least a season to, to, to get into the position. Um, you know, maybe you try him out on a little bit of special team rep as well as a gunner, perhaps, just to see if you can develop that tackling trait a little bit better. But he's definitely one to keep an eye on. His, his, his numbers at the combine I think blew everyone away. You, you just got to be patient with a guy with a guy like Tariq Woolen just to give him the time to grow into the position. Yeah. Yeah. Um... I'm, uh, this was a guy that I was hoping to get to last night and then I was zedding all over my laptop. And I feel bad, Mike, because you 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 were mentioned Tariq Woolen in, I think it was during the Senior Bowl. So it was a guy that I knew I knew we were going to get on to. So I apologise. I didn't watch him, so I can't I can't give an in and out here. 
Um, but sounds like a little bit of a workout warrior. Um, is that with that fair or or no? Is he more than that? I I, I think it's fair because the the numbers did blow everyone away and the measurables and the height and everything else. He just you you've got to be patient with him at least the season. You've got to be patient with him. Um, there are some areas that you can. He's he's got the right physical traits for the position, which I think is key. It's not like he's a six foot three guy, um, and he's got great length and he's got good movement, but he runs a, a four six five. Mm. No, he is lightning quick as well. He just needs to be. He needs to learn to be a bit more nuanced in the position because let's be honest, cornerback is an incredibly technical position there's so much movement and body position you've got to be in at the right place at the right time but he's just so underdeveloped because he's so wrong in the position which is mm-hmm. which is totally understandable that that uh, to me sounds a little bit like justin lane justin lane has got all the physical skills that you'd want for a corner right but he mm-hmm. just something's not quite gelling for him i don't know what it is he's just not trusted right we've seen a couple of times where he just gives up big plays and there's no there's no reason for it it's that intangible thing about playing cornerback where it's not just about how fast you can run and how good your change of direction there's something else it's anticipatory football IQ the craftiness and that scares me off these workout warrior cats I don't know I feel like I'm out but I haven't got a real a real sense because I haven't watched any tape so I'm not going to that's going to be a dash for me so Mike are you in or out? I'll say I'm in okay cats yeah, in, but as a very kind of late round, oh, he's still available in the sixth kind of sort of pick. Mm. I mean, he'll, he'll be gone by then. He's the sort, I think he's the sort of guy that whatever team picks him, they love the fact that they picked him. Because the they Raiders. Look at the, yeah, yeah. He's a Raiders definitely. corner, isn't he? <laughs> Has to be. That was a great show, Gav. Okay, where are we going to go next? Let's, um, let's go to the Alabama guys. Uh, I, you know, I, I see that there's two Alabama corners in this in this draft class. I'm thinking, okay, great. One of these has got to be good. Uh, I don't know about these guys. I'm not <laughs> sure. I, I watched the tape, and you know, I quite like it when when there's two prospects in the same position from the same school because you can just watch the play over and over again. You know, twice, watch it once, watch it again. Each guy, you know, watch him different. I found these guys to be kind of uninspiring. I th- so we're talking about Josh Job, Josh Job, I think it is, and who's uh, 5'11", 182. Sorry, sorry, I'm cheating here and bringing up two guys, but I think it's fair. Uh, and then Jalen Armour Davis, great name, middle name, Armour. He's, he's going with the Armour. Um, 6'1", So, So instantly there you're thinking, oh, um, Armour Davis, that, that's a nice size there. 6'1", 192, ran a 4'39", that's a nice physical kind of dude and and josh job i think had the kind of higher pedigree um you're thinking okay right so which one which one's better i struggle to find out which one's which one was better i mean josh job i think was was a highly touted recruit was 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 pegged to be their kind of number one corner um but struggled with turf toe in in 2021 and had, had, had overall a kind of disappointing season um Jalen Armour Davis is, is almost the other way around. Like he he's had a lot of medical concerns uh, throughout his career, but kind of kind of an underdog, um, and and could possibly surpass Job. I mean, he could be the guy that's taken higher. Um, so let's call him GAD Jalen Armour Davis, more more physical guy with he's got like the speed, the length, the size, 
um, can flip and can stay in, in phase, very willing in run support. It's got good hands. And he's got he's that kind of like good, solid, reliable drag down tackler. Um, and, and, and will be a fantastic special teamer. You know, you're getting immediate special teams production. I think he was playing as a, um, you know, cover, cover guy, you know, coverage, get, getting down there. Um, a gunner, you know, um, little high-hipped, can be a little bit slow, but, you know, could, that could be mental. He, he had quite a few picks, but they were lucky. But, you know, it's the medical concerns. Knee, knee in 2017, knee in 2018, hip in 2021. So you're instantly thinking, okay, right, what's, you know, he's got a checkered injury history. But you like the physicality. Josh Job, um, kind of, he's a really hard eval. I don't know what you guys thought. I, I thought I thought uh, he, he's getting touted as like a, a, a sort of good prospect, but he look, he looks kind of like a developmental corner to me. He has like the basic raw tools, but he just looked really un, unrefined in some ways. I mean, he, he he flips his hips well. He's got a nice low back pedal, kind of patient, which I, which I like. You know, when he's playing press, he's not he's not over committing. He's got quick feet and disruptive hands in press. All that you're thinking, great, great, but. He just seemed to take to poor angles, and he wasn't good against the run, and and he, he sometimes didn't commit to tackling. Was a bit grabby. Another another guy that's good on special teams. So both of these guys, I think, if you're getting later in the draft, you're thinking, yeah, yeah, give me give me them on special teams, and, and we'll see where they go. But overall, I don't know. Maybe you know, I, I'm as guilty as everyone else as as um, evaluating the jersey, and and neither of these guys really lived up to. You know, an Alabama type player to me. Um, so let, 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 let's let's handle them together. Who who are you higher on? Because I, I could really couldn't work it out. I couldn't work out who I'd take over the other. So 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 go on, Mike. Who who do you who do you prefer out of these two? I've only watched one, so one one naturally will be higher than the other. That would make sense. Um, I only saw Armour Davis. Cats, um, oh. did you see either of these boys? I didn't. I'm afraid I'll have to uh, be a dash on both. Okay. Um, what did you think of Armand Davis there, Mike? Mirrored what a lot of what you said, Gav. The, the injuries, first of all, aren't you know they aren't minor. They're quite significant. Um, he's essentially a one-year star. Um, so still incredibly raw. I'm not sure whether because I don't I don't fully I'm not fully au fait with the the, the rules around them. Um, Sort of how long guys are in college and stuff like that. Maybe he would have benefited for another year as mm-hmm. a, as a star and a clean injury year because if we're talking about this guy in 2023, where we're mentioning his his injury history, we're saying, Do you know what? Actually, he had a decent 2021, and then 2022 he was phenomenal. So all of a sudden he's he's, he's flying up draft boards. Um, one thing I, I just just a little bit of rant about college D in general. I hate seeing cornerbacks when they're, you know, they're in that zone bail package where they just, as soon yep. as the play starts, they turn and go. Zone flip, yeah. It's a pet peeve of mine. doesn't really tell me much. Um, he, he looks the part of an outside corner in terms of quick and long, but sometimes he can't. Sometimes that speed doesn't deliver. You can you can see it on some plays. You can't on others. Um yeah, that's what I was getting at with the slow to react. Like he's mm. he's got the speed in spades, but he doesn't open up. Like he doesn't commit to the to using it. It's sort of weird, especially in zone, right? He's like he's slow to slow to react. He's almost like 
like heavy footed or something, even though he's thirsty. I don't know. Yeah, there's 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 something there, and I I can't really put my put my finger on what it is that I can watch one play and I can see the speed on a, on a you know on a go on a go for example, but then on others, maybe it's just that change of direction. Maybe it's the stop and go that he um that he that he finds a little bit of a weakness on his play. I I just think he's a developmental player at this stage. Um. I mean, I'm I'm gonna say because of the injury history and some of the some of the issues I've got on his play and the lack of experience, I'm gonna say I'm out on him, which is strange for 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 a Bama corner. But again, um, there's just too many areas that that raise a little bit of a concern for us. Not which which I can't get away from. It's not one or two injuries. It's it's three or four, and they're not small. You know, it's not like a broken finger or anything like that. It's it's hip, it's knees. That terrifies me, especially for a corner of all positions. So um, no, I, I'm 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 going to lean out on on phenomenally named Armour Davis. Yeah, I, I think I'm with you. The the injury concerns kind of tip the balance. I'm going to go in with Josh Job. Uh, I like I like the run play. You know the it's tricky. I, I, you see bad plays against the run, but I like I like that he's active in the run game. I, I, I think I think he's a later rounds guy. I don't think he's up up high, but I, I do like the patience and the quick feet and the hands. So yeah, uh, give me give me Josh Joe like in the the fifth round. Uh, I think he's probably going to go before that, but you know, you know uh, I'm thinking that's where I take him. So I'll go in. So neither of you guys watch him. So let's go dash and let's go Mike. Who who you got next? Grant, I am. Yes, I am going to go sleeper. Uh, Marcus Jones, Eddie Houston. Die, die. Dive, dive. Time Can I have one of those too, please, Gav? Die, die. Dive, dive. Should have watched this guy. Definitely. However... If you didn't see him on tape, it's because you couldn't see him because this guy is small. Uh, 5'8", 174. This guy is... Oh, he's a, tiny. He is a wee lad. Now, are we going to be putting him as an outside corner? Absolutely not. i tell you where we are playing him, gents. Special teams. Okay. Nine career return touchdowns. And just as another note, nine career interceptions, 28 yards on average per kick return. Even saw some time as a receiver. Um, obviously, <laughs> with his length issues, um, you know, so contested catches, no chance. Outside play, no chance. But he is an electric mover, and his speed and footwork is phenomenal. Get, get, just get this guy in the middle of the field, in, in the slot. Just get him there because his movement skills are excellent. And you can see that in the return game when he's got the ball in his hand. This guy's electric. Um, when he does or if he does get beat, recovery speed is is absolutely there. Um, his tackling, you, meh, hit and miss. Um, again, you're, you're going to take that with a, guy, with a guy that size. Shifty back pedal, quick hips open up. Allows him with the ability to go deep and go routes. Needs to watch it. Could be a little bit handsy. Now, how soon do we get him to play as a corner? 
I, I don't know the answer to this, but I would not complain at all in seeing him on special teams early doors. He had a game winner against SMU um, with, I think, something like 20 seconds to go on a on a, on a a punt return yeah. for, for a touchdown. Like, this, this guy's my... Um, and, and, and we didn't get into him about our uh, about our picks last year. Um, That's true. My, we didn't, yeah. my uh, my sleeper last year was Avery Williams out of Boise State. Not so much because of his corner ability, but more so because of his ability in the return game. And Marcus Jones to me screams the same sort of player as that. He's you know he's he's a dime package cornerback, but special teams he could be very special. So not. All in massively on uh, on Marcus Jones. Wow, wish I'd watched him. So, you know, why I laughed there is because I was thinking when you were describing, me, I was thinking that sounds like Devin Hester, and then you said took some snaps at wide receiver. I was like, ah, oh, yeah, Devin Hester took some snaps <laughs> at wide receiver as well. Um, uh, Cats, what what are you saying? You, he's your sleeper. Gone. Yeah, just go and watch the tape. It's fun. Good special teams play is fun football. Um, as Mike said, there were six kick return touchdowns, three punt return touchdowns. Um, he was an All-American returner. Not actually that bad as a corner, to be honest. Limited tape, but, you know, there is examples of him making picks. And then if he makes a pick, then instantly he turns into a returner on that play. And he's going all the way down to the other end zone again. Just absolutely sublime. when he, If he's in the open field at speed, good night. Next play, might as well you know put the ball back in the middle and get ready to kick off again because it's going to be a touchdown. <laughs> Simple as that. This boy is going to be gone. Um, he was at Troy for two years, 2017, 2018, and then transferred to Houston in his junior year. But even if you look at some of his stats, there's some good stats on there. And what would it be? Five, six, seven, eight, nine interceptions in his career. I think that's right. Um, but yeah, there's like uh, what did I say? Nine touchdowns, something like that. But yeah, really good. Yeah, he's the 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 28 yards per kick return I mentioned. That's his career average. His average in 2021 was 34 yards. Yeah, 34 yards per kick return average. Yeah, yeah, that's bonkers. That's incredible. I mean the 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 games I watched him SMU. Uh, the touchdown I mentioned, three returns, 145 yards, punt returns, two for 32. Uh, Cincinnati, kick return, four returns, 92 yards. Tulsa, four returns, 75 yards. Like, did, just get the guy with the ball in his hand. Um, you know, we're, Ray McLeod, you know, we, we, we have a, we, we have a gap. We, we have a need at this sort of position. Um, where a guy like this gets picked, I have absolutely no idea. But he's the sort of guy where I've 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 done mock drafts and he's been available and gone, oh yes please. Yeah. Because I think, you I think, think we, twice, would you? You just yell straight away, I'll have him. No, no. And, and and credit to him just looking at some of the stats from last year, he was targeted seventy eight times last year. You know, he 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 was peppered. Um allowed a completion rate of, of lower than fifty percent, five hundred and ninety one yards, three touchdowns, five picks. Now, I, I'm, I'm struggling to quantify 591 is a lot of yards, but so are 78 targets. So I sort of can't feel, I, I still think that's ultimately going to be a high figure. But yes, the size is an issue, but some of the play, you've, you've, you've got to make a call on them and, uh, and get them involved. 
for what, sure. What was that least, figure he gave up in terms of yards, Mike? Sorry. 591. Okay. So he ran back 510. So his net yardage kind of <laughs> given up to the team is about 84 or something like that. Pretty <laughs> That is a great stat. So no, where just... where do you take a return man? Ray Ray McLeod, for instance, was taken in the sixth round, and I I don't I, I don't remember him being touted as a return man mm. in in the draft process. He was he was touted as a kind of physical outside uh, wide receiver, right? So where 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 do you take a guy that basically is is a backup at their position, but is a is a you know promising return guy. Where'd you take that guy? Given given a, where Avery Williams got drafted last year, he got he was pick one eighty three in the fifth round. I, I think early part of day three is probably fair. Round four, round five. Should we should we yeah. should we start classifying these these return men as, as different different uh, you know different do we need to like be, be, because it seems when, you, when you're talking about cornerbacks, it seems rotten to be talking about a guy that's skill set is completely different, and you're probably drafting him for a different reason. Because it sounds like he's not that good a corner to me. Um, it's 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 not that he's a he's he's a bad corner. It's just that physically he is you you, you can spot him a mile away because he's yeah incredibly. So you know it feels like this guy. We should have a another little side pod where where Mike talks about you know. Punt blockers and gunners for <laughs> two hours. So he talks about kickers and punters for the yeah, other two hours. Exactly. Don't you right. dare leave me off that show. Yeah, exactly. And, and the amount I bring up punting corner. I got yeah, told exactly. off by some guy on Twitter this week saying, you're not allowed to draft another punter. That's fine. I'll have Marcus Jones all day. Thank you very much. So anyway, Marcus Jones definitely heavily involved in the Return Man podcast. Um, maybe not in the cornerbacks. I don't know. Yet to see. I don't know. Didn't watch his tape, so I can't say. But it sounds like it to me. Um, Kets, you're up. Oh, I guess. Oh, well, hang on. You're both in. I'm Dash. So, yeah. Enough said. Right, Kets, yeah. Where are you going next? I've got my, I think this is my last guy. Uh, yeah, it is. Uh, Mario Goodrich out of Clemson. Six foot on the dot. And 176 pounds. Um, measurables, meh. No real percentages to write home about. This dude's relatively light. I've put he doesn't weigh anything, but I think I was just being slightly dramatic at that point of my notes writing. Um, first team, all ACC, 2021. Seemed to love playing against uh, Kenny Pickett because he did just that on a couple of occasions. Mm-hmm. Um I'll be honest, this turned into a bit of an Iowa State loving, unsurprisingly. Um, Goodrich had the audacity to have a pick six against Mr. Brooke Purdy. Um, it was a pass that was thrown quite low. It was batted at the line of scrimmage. It went back to Purdy, who sort of knocked it forwards, unfortunately straight to Mario Goodrich, who ran it in. Um, obviously, Brock Purdy being elite and our official QB of the podcast, um, well, you know, I'm going to take the excuse to watch Purdy and my red star tight end, Charlie Kohler as well. Watch the tape in full. Um, Hutchinson, the wide receiver, did leave Goodrich for dead on a... Apologies. What's that? That's a bit <laughs> Sorry. I've got Purdy in the background. Free crowd noise coming up. Sorry. I was trying That's to find some highlights of Goodrich just so I could see who you're talking about. Sorry. Apologies. Don't get distracted by me. Sorry. Um, so yeah, um, Hutchinson, the wide receiver, um, 
left Goodrich for dead and Purdy found them beautifully for a significant gain. Um, he also came up on a corner blitz and I think Purdy saw him come in and just sort of put the ball beautifully over his head to the guy that was in the open by a good sort of 15 yards. Um, generally, I didn't think too much to the, the Clemson secondary. Um, apart from Andrew Booth, of course. Apart from Andrew Booth, yeah. It, just generally, the rest of it was just very unimpressive. And I just left, like, kind of wanting a lot more from, from Mario Goodrich from the from the tape that I watched. So I think I'd be I'd be out on him. I don't know if either of you guys watched him. I didn't, which is why I was pulling up the highlights to see if I could find something I liked. But um, uh, seems like a, uh, a big dude. I don't know. I've got much else to say. We might. We, we... Seems like a big dude. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Um, yes, I did get the chance to watch Goodridge. Um, first thing I sort of, I, I I commented on him was is is tackling. I thought it was efficient um, and effective in in run support too. Um, you mentioned the game against Iowa State. I love when you see a player get this sort of stat line, one tackle, one interception, one touchdown, one ball batted, one forced fumble. That is that is an efficient game. Um, only had one year as a, as a true starter and came out of it with two interceptions and 11 passes batted. Credit where it's due. First team all ACC. He was a team captain as well. And I've totally lost my notes. Yes, in zone, didn't see the speed to get back to the receiver in front of him. Needs to close that gap down quicker or not leave as much space there as as as, as, as he has allowed. That being said, I think zone coverage maybe is best suited because he does a good job of keeping his eyes on the quarterback to watch when the ball gets released and attacks those passing lanes. Length, I don't have as measurable as actually, gents. If someone does fire them at me um arm length 29 and three quarter inch seven percent oil a little bit of a worry there um but he's the sort of guy where i could see positive special teams reps because of that tackling ability um but it's 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 the average speed the average twitch yeah he's, he's I, i'm out on goodrich um I, I think to get him some early door reps, it's going to be on special teams as opposed to the behemoth that is Marcus Jones, where I'd be content in having him playing cornerback reps early. I think Goodridge has too much, too much holes to fill to to get early start reps. So now put me out for Mario Goodridge. I've just watched the highlights, Kits, and there are quite a few uh, yeah plays against Pitt seems to seems to come up. So yeah, I see what you're saying about picking off Pickett. Uh, yep. some, nice, some nice, some decent physical play there. That looks, uh, looks fairly physical. Uh, but yeah, I didn't, I didn't really watch. I just, I just quickly YouTube scouted. So um, yeah, nothing, nothing to say here. So uh, I'm Dash. Uh, Kets, you in? Out. Out. So that's a uh, yeah. pretty much consensus out. Okay. Um, uh, I'll go with my. Well, I've got one guy left, so I guess I'll go there. Um, and this, I, I, let's 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 pause here and let's recap um, our guys from last year because I think it's relevant here. So I uh, I was I, I think as as I mentioned before, I think I, I'm looking for an outside guy. Even later on, uh, last year, I think the situation was slightly different. We had Hayden, 
we yeah we you know we'd lost we'd lost Stephen Nelson but we were kind of thinking all right well maybe you know Cam Sutton although I was down on Cam Sutton I was still thinking let's give him the chance um, however the big loss last off season was uh, Mike Hilton right so when we did the cornerback show I was all about replacing Mike Hilton so I red starred uh, Aaron Robinson out of uh, UCF who ended up going to the Giants in the third round. Um, don't know how they were. They, the Giants fan base seemed to be really unhappy with that pick. Although I, th- I, I, I was, I was surprised. I thought he had. A, I thought he showed. Uh, I thought he showed roughly what we saw on tape, which was a physical sort of slot guy coming downhill. Um, and then I sleepered Ambry Thomas, who went to the uh, 49ers in the third round. I thought he was, he was more of an outside guy. But I just, uh, I thought he was a kind of developmental guy that had had promise outside that you were going to get in the later rounds ends up going third round maybe a little bit higher than i was expecting um uh, mike you had elijah molden uh, who had a great season and yeah as you said you sleep at avery williams um how much how much pop did avery williams get i'm not sure he went to atlanta in the fifth round he did um 22 tackles one force fumble one fumble recovery uh Pass deflection and 643 return yards. There you go. You were obviously clearly ready to defend that pick. Um, <laughs> uh, nice. uh, Dave, uh, Dave also red uh, red starred Aaron Robinson, and he sleepered uh, Eric Stokes a little bit backwards there because Stokes was a massive. I mean, not not a t- not 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 Dave's fault, but Stokes was a bit of a reach, wasn't it, by Green Bay to go in the first round. I was probably out on Stokes. I didn't think he had it, but he turned out to be quite good, actually. Um, mm. He had quite a solid season. Uh, and then, Cy, what did you do? You uh, you red-starred Benjamin St. Juice, who went to Washington, as we know. Washington, not the best landing slot in the third round, but I don't know about his season. Don't remember much about it. Um, and then he sleepered Trey Brown. Seattle in the fourth round. He, he I remember seeing him. He made an impact, didn't he? He had a couple of... Mm plays i think uh what happened to saint juice did he get much 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 play i'm not sure can't remember don't think so um and then the year before oh not much i i red star troy pride that that hasn't worked out and then no one else made any picks very very wishy-washy on the cornerbacks in 2020 uh yet to iron out our full draft strategy which are obviously now in uh, 2022 you can see is a very slick operation um so with that in mind why i was saying that was because i was kind of thinking all right i don't think the steelers are necessarily looking for a slot corner this year i think they're looking for a outside guy an outside guy sorry to to step up and replace uh, joe hayden i think there's a guy who is from a, a minute school um that whilst isn't the most exciting prospect and isn't isn't there yet is a is a later rounds guy that projects as a, as an outside corner um i'm talking about zion mccullum out of sam houston state that's right sam houston state so can anyone tell me anything about that school about that program i know nothing what i do know is when you're watching sam houston state tape one of the films on YouTube is just blurred like you're looking through a window with rain on because there's clearly only one camera at the game and it is wet 
and you can't see anything. So you're trying to scout a guy with just dots of rain on the lens. So I don't, I don't know why the cameraman didn't wipe the lens or why they didn't put an umbrella up or like some kind of cover. Strange. don't know. Bad job, cameraman. But uh, Zion McCullum is an enticing prospect. He's six foot four. He's 190 from a, a minute school that he's going to get massively overlooked. Did get a senior bowl invite, which is where his name first occurred to me on the radar. But he is a tall, fast, outside, physical, more of a zone guy, but he can play play a bit of man. And he's got he's got just got good good ball skills and good measurables. So I think I think he's a free one. You know, he's like a guy you take in round five maybe, and could actually give you meaningful snaps on the outside at cornerback, which is which is rare. I think um, he had 13 picks. And 54 pass breakups in 56 games. And he's just a guy that attacks the catch point well. He's willing against the run, can play some press man, has a smooth back pedal, nice zone flip. You know, he can flip and run with a guy whilst, you know, still staring at the QB. Uses inside hands well to jam at the line and stem receivers outside. Good anticipation to jump routes. Good read and react, play zone. Just generally a zone guy, but... but but I think I think you could teach him up on some man skills. Did I did I give him the sleeper Scott? Does the sleeper drop? Um, if not, here he is again. Okay, so he's he's still got some ground to make up, right? It's a lot of wasted motion in his movement. Um, struggles. He's, he's okay in press man, but start, definitely struggles playing off man with you know where where there's a receiver running at him at speed. Um, lacks real explosive quickness. Needs to improve trackling a little bit. He's kind of kind of a guy that um, throws himself at the ball carrier, and uh, definitely needs to get stronger. But as I say, later rounds guy that you're getting someone with outside corner upside. So sign me up. Uh, do you guys watch him or no? Yes, I'm really glad you mentioned him as well. Can I can I try you some of the percentiles? Please do. Height, 96% dial. Weight, 76% dial. 40-yard dash, 95% dial. Vertical jump, 89% dial. Broad jump, 94% dial. Three-cone drill, 98% dial. 20-yard shuttle, 93rd percentile. This this guy's a monster. Uh, yeah. I don't, uh, PJ Hall, by the way, was the last player to be drafted out of Sam Houston State. Oh, was it? Second that was... round. Yeah, that was he was quite high. Where did he end yeah. up going? The Saints, was it? The Raiders. Was it the Raiders? Yeah. Why did I think it was? I I think think I think, I'm thinking of PJ Walker. That's what I'm thinking of. Anyway, go on. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, not the, the name Sam Houston State rang a bell. It, he did. Yeah, I, I, I want to see more of this guy. I, I can't ascertain where he's going to get drafted. And the only game I got to see was South Dakota State because, as you said, the, the tape was awful. And I think I watched that game that you mentioned, the one where it was booking down rain. You couldn't see a thing. Um, yeah, I, I think that's our guy there. Is it? Oh no, mm. no, 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 no. That's not him. <laughs> Is it the quick just, guy? No, yeah, they're all quick. No, no, yeah, I know. It's just a, like a, a white blur on the screen. It must be my guy. That that was that tape, right? T- tricky to evaluate. So maybe maybe my evaluation's a bit off. Sorry, what were you saying? No, definitely. Um, no, <laughs> never going to be easy. And it's one of those ones. A, a lot of my assessment is leaning on. What am I supposed to? presumptions more than anything else but what else can you expect unfortunately from the position that we're in with real jobs 
trying to watch a guy from Sam Houston State. Um, but he's a guy you've got to you've, you've got to draft him. You've got to take a flyer on him. Uh, get him get him a little bit of special teams as well because the speed and the quickness is all there. Get him in as a as, as a gunner. He what was he five years at college? So he's going to be well. He's already twenty three. That's the concern. He's already twenty three, and he's going to need at least a year or two to to grow. So you're all of a sudden looking at. 25 26 by the time you might see some uh some starting reps out of them but the athleticism and the measurables you can't shy away from like they're they're special we've we've, we've already spoken a, a lot about players and their measurables and oh this is great and this is great but he's got so much that is great and so much built for the position that's great that you, you can't help but be intrigued by this guy I, i'm fascinated to see how his career will develop i've no idea how it's going to you know, again, where is he going to be drafted? I've got around four or five, but that's that's quite a wide gap. That could be, you know, 50, 60 different ranking. You know, there could be a difference of 50 or 60 places. Um, but I'm glad that someone else got a chance to see some of the tape because he's there's definitely something there, I think it's fair to say. But I just want to see it in the pros and in the big leagues. Totally agree. Kets, did you watch any uh, Zion McCollum? I've just watched them actually just now. Um, could, could you see the player? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Interestingly, I think he's put his own YouTube tape up. Yes, good man. I've just become his thirtieth like subscriber. Just <laughs> get him on the pod. Yeah. <laughs> May as well do. May as well do. No, I love it. He's got good physicality, good length. Yeah, really like everything I've seen. I've only watched sort of. You know, six minutes or, or whatever it is in, in that time you guys were talking but yeah I, I like it I can see why you're uh, why you brought him up he's uh, interesting prospect yeah, know, yeah. you know he's probably not played against you know any sort of power five schools or anything like that I don't know how no, often he's... Sam Sam Houston State play anybody sort of how far up the rankings of colleges do they, do they even play you just want to, you just the other question is how did a guy that get uh the, with these measurables end up at this program now there is an answer because i did i dug around did a bit of cats research dug you know hiding in bushes bushes uh no i didn't i just went to pro football network they they had the background that he has got a twin brother and he wanted they both wanted to go to the same school now it it, it seems the brother I, can't, I did have his name but i haven't written it down so uh, McCollum number two wasn't as talented as Zion and they they got an offer from a good school it might have been Utah I didn't write that down but it was a decent school no but they both chose to stay close to home in Houston and that is how come Zion McCollum ended up at Sam Houston State and was clearly their best player so yeah did he did he did he tank his own draft stop or did he make himself an interesting story let's see the legend begins here well, wow. uh, Utah would have been, I mean, they're really, the, the Utes are really up and coming the last couple of years. That would have been phenomenal to see. Yeah, he he has only played one FBS opponent, and that was New Mexico in the five years he's been at college. So he has no experience playing any top-tier teams. So, the, so it, it's going to be a fair jump for him into the pros. But 
you know, he's got a lot of stats there. It's definitely one to keep an eye on. Yeah, going to have go. to go back and watch the uh, the senior ball tape again and, and see if I can spot him. His brother, Tristan McCollum. Hang on. I'm just double-checking that. Yes, it was Utah. Ah, oh, yeah. He had offers from... He was a three-star recruit who attracted offers from Tulane and Utah. So, he, really, he should have been at a better program. Yeah. Um, but, you know, but you've got to say, you, you you like the, you know, the solidarity, wanted to stick with his brother, wanted to stay at home. They're admirable traits, right? That's That shows that he's got some kind of moral compass, let's say. So, and another, I think that goes into the plus column for me, for Zion. So, anyway. Yeah, I think that's fair. That's a fair comment. Right, so I'm out. I wanted to watch, I wanted to watch... Um, the guy we talked about before, Tariq Woolen. I wanted to watch Kobe Bryant and I wanted to watch um, Connor, but I didn't get to any of those. So who, who's... Uh, oh, wait. Are we all in on um, Zion McCollum? I obviously am because he's mostly... Yeah, based, based on the physicality and the athleticism, why not? Yeah, I'll go, yeah. And Kets, from your brief scouting or do you just want to go dash because you didn't really watch him? Or, or are, you, are you willing to go in on the highlight play? That you saw no 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 i'll have a ticket for that train thank you very much okay welcome aboard right um so i'm out essentially so who who wants to go next on whoever mike, i'm all done as you. well ah gets you done mike am i the only um, last man standing um mm, as ever as ever um i'm still way behind on my cornerbacks as well so i've looked at 22 in total and i had a look last year i did 41 i am way Jeez. behind gents Lads, I don't want to be going far too long. Let, let I'll mention one more uh, cornerback who I've got fairly highly rated, actually, and I do recommend having a watch, and that's Cam Taylor Britt out of Nebraska. Mm-hmm. He is 5'10 in change at 196. This guy brings toughness and attitude, and I love to see it. He's He's... Aesthetically pleasing in the run game. Um, I always look for for two traits. Are they willing and able? And this boy is that in spades. Um, drops the shoulder and more than capable and has the, has the strength to put defenders on their backside. Gets off blocks really well in the run game. Played outside, but did also, excuse me, was asked to move towards the line of scrimmage and just sort of keep keep the offense honest. Just over 5'10", as I mentioned, so not an optimal height, it's fair to say. Mixed it up with a bit of zone and a bit of man, and I thought he was fairly accomplished in both. Speed there to get fluid hips, change direction. Would like to see a little bit more in in length to benefit him from from press coverage. I didn't I didn't see much in the way of press coverage. Just a couple of knocks to mention. He has a little bit of a, of a of an injury history, albeit not recent history. We're sort of going back four or five years. Um, route recognition, a little bit of an area to work on. I think he's sort of still coming in a little bit, a little bit raw. But 2021 stats, a pick, 12 balls batted down. He's obviously come out of a 2021 season positively, and I'm looking at this guy potentially as maybe a late day two pick. I think there's a lot 
that I can look to see. Well, the, the run game I think is excellent. It it, it might be one of the best uh, I've seen out of cornerbacks. Just need to see a little bit more in 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 pass protection to to elevate his play. So definitely want to to have a watch of guys. Um, definitely have a have, have a positive vibe for Taylor Britt. Okay, so would you say you're in? Yes, yes, definitely. Okay. Cool. I remember he was a guy at the senior bowl, wasn't he? But I don't, I didn't, um, didn't get to watch him uh, for this for this show. Uh, Kets, I'm guessing you didn't because you said you're out. Uh, no, I've not seen him. But it is, it does say he started as a um, three-star quarterback in Alabama, I mean the state of Alabama, rather than the Alabama sort of college team. But uh, mm. was ranked in the top sixty apparently as a quarterback, dual threat. Wow. To this. One of those guys. If only he was on the Broncos, like in 2020, he might maybe was would have been taking snaps. Um, useful guy. Uh, cool. Well, thanks guys. I think we made it. We made I think, it to I the, think we have the yeah. the worst position to watch and scout by a country mile. Kets, how did you find your your first year of looking at cornerbacks? You probably didn't see much. Oh, yeah, tough going. Um, something I need to learn how to sort of appreciate it a bit more for next year. And equally, I think I might take a leaf out of your book, Mike, and start in about, well, tomorrow, to be honest, <laughs> for next year's quarterback class. I'll tell you what, one thing is so much easier if you've got the All-22 and we don't have the All-22. So I don't know, I don't know where you get college All-22. People seem to have it. Um, we need it. I don't know how you get it. If anyone's listened to this show, help us out. But I doubt any of you guys can, because if you've got access to College All 22, then you're probably doing your own podcasts and way ahead of us. I I literally don't know where you get it. I don't know where you People that have it, I've emailed them or messaged them saying, where'd you get it? And they go, "Ah, that's that's CIA level stuff. Secret sauce. Yeah, yeah. You You can't know where we get it. So I don't know. You need links to teams. I don't know. There's there's no there's no way of getting it. The NFL was like this mm-hmm. 15 years ago, right? You just couldn't get the all the all 22. And it, yeah, if if you haven't got Game Pass, like the all 22 is is a joy to watch. Now there's no, there's little reason to watch it other than you've got some kind of low level underground podcast that you need to sound like you know what you're talking about on. So I can understand why you haven't watched the all 22, but it's such such a different sport when you watch it from that level i mean i don't i've yanged on about this so often about that one game was it a thursday night game where they showed um steelers versus titans from the the sky cam behind the quarterback the whole game in the madden yes. view that was incredible i absolutely love that and i you know i want that experience live again i'm sick of broadcast view all right yeah it's good for you know Showing the line, getting a push, and the running back. But show me the show me the behind the, the the quarterback view live. Apparently, you know all the people that work at the NFL love that view. They watch it live. That's what they watch. But you know we get force fed this stuff we've been fed since the 60s because traditionalists can't bear to to see anything different. Well, the sooner the better that 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 becomes standard, and the sooner the better that college all 22 becomes available, so we can actually see what cornerbacks are doing. So apologies to anyone that we missed. Um, so hard to scout this position group. Did our best. Hope we hope hope the show was good. Hope the show was good without Sai. Uh, hope you get better next week, Sai. I'm not going to do uh, kebab corner because we're already at 
two and a half hours and you know if you made it this far you're probably willing us to end so let's end here so i'll give out the uh the the twitter handles uh, follow the podcast at uk steelers pod follow me at gm boom up follow mike at Mike underscore JF1. I thought you'd have had a gav. I would have praised you and uh, and voted for you as new host. No, I was going to go with uh, at so I forgot this and follow Ketz at at Ketz UK. I knew that one, but I didn't want to make Mike feel bad by not knowing his handle. Thank you. And uh, uh, thanks, guys. Discrimination. Um, yeah. Uh, and uh, yeah, thanks for listening. We, we we might take a little bit of a gap because of my work schedule. So the the linebacker, the only position group we've got left. We might get on to after the weekend, so there might be a bit of a gap. But after that, we're going to be going crazy with mock drafts and and the draft game we did last year. And then we might do some live draft reaction. There's going to be loads of stuff in in the build-up to the draft and during the draft. So keep refreshing that podcast feed because our schedule is going to change a little bit. But um, yeah, see you next week, guys. See you, guys. Take care, guys. Go Steelers. I mean, that's horrific to say.